This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And welcome in on this cold open here on a Wednesday morning. Big O is in the uh, Indianapolis Combine. His show will start immediately after ours does. This is RedRecover.com Inside the Paint. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in South Florida. He's Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports, ProBasketballTalk.com out in L.A. Interesting week for the Heat. Kurt, I'm not sure you've seen many teams in the NBA capable of losing to the Charlotte Hornets and defeating the Philadelphia 76ers in a two-day span. So I'm going to start with this. By the way, I'm on the chat board. Big O already has it set up, so please, whatever you want, smash the like button, join us here. We'll get to every question we can before this hour is up. Kurt Heelan, when you take the long view, what's your perspective on what the Miami Heat are after this sort of ridiculous return from the All-Star break, blown out by the mostly Giannis-less Milwaukee Bucks, losing to a team that wants nothing more to do than losing, and then stepping forward, sort of got escaping to a degree Philadelphia on Monday night at Wells Fargo Center. What's your perspective on where the Heat stand right now? They're just the inconsistency is frustrating because the team we saw against Philadelphia was the one where you're like, hey, that's the team nobody wants to see in the playoffs. That's the team that could make a run. You you start to see, you know, Jimmy's having a great game, Bam's making plays, but other guys are stepping up. Tyler's got some shots, knocking, you know, knocking some shots at it. Just but the the lack of effort, the loss to a, a Charlotte team that that's the ones you can't afford. Those are the games you get away that those are the games that make you a play-in team and not a top, you know, and a top six team, which now they've got to kind of fight to get yeah. those. If, if they end up in the play-in, even as the seven seed where they can win one and be through, these are the games they're going to look back at. Right. Ira. I mean, they're just going to look back at these and shake their head. You know, there's so much to unwrap because of how the week played out. And certainly tonight's home game against the 76ers will give a further read because can the Heat back it up? Can they sustain yeah. something? Can they make the most of this home stretch? Eight of the next nine here at Miami Dade Arena. So I'm sort of going to go backwards here for a second and set up the rest of the show by sort of filling people in on where the Heat stand. The Heat this morning woke up sort of when they went to bed, number seven in the Eastern Conference, even with the Nets losing last night. If you're number seven, you go to the play-in. Basically, seeds one through six go to the best of seven, first round of the playoffs. They're in. They get a week off after the April 9th regular season finales. Then either the Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, teams seven and eight play. The winner advancing is the number seven seed. Teams nine and ten play. The loser of the seven-eight game plays the winner of the nine-ten game. So where we stand right now, the Heat are in seventh place. They're a game behind the Brooklyn Nets. What was interesting, and I just checked this overnight, 538, which runs this uh, daily update on where teams are projected to finish. They have two different models. Both of them align. They have the Heat finishing sixth. The thought the Nets are going to taper off. Really important to note here is not only are the Heat still a game and a half behind the Nets, but the Nets have won the season series already. It's a three-game season series. The Nets have won the first two games. So the Heat have to finish ahead of the Nets to get a seat ahead of the Nets. The team that I think we all thought that he might have a chance to pass for a nice 4-5 series against Cleveland is changing a little bit. So I want to get your perspective right now. And again, Kurt, you're out in L.A. No one's going to come knock on your door, especially at 6 a.m. So I don't think it's a problem anyway. 
the New York Knicks aren't going anywhere. Or are they going to revert to being the New York Knicks? The Knicks right now are number five in the East. The Heat are two and a half games behind. Kurt Heelan, where do you see the Knicks? Is this finally for real or just another Knicks tease? Uh, no, I think they're for real in the sense that they hold the five seed because I it's it look Miami catching them is unlikely. Like at this point, there's just a lot well, of I'm ground gonna, to make I'm up. I'm going to interrupt you here, except for the fact that he'd have three games left against the Knicks, two with ah. Miami Day Arena. So again, they have to be perfect. There is zero margin of error right there. They might get the tiebreaker against the Knicks tied to two two only because if the Heat win a division which to compete for number five or six, they'd have to win the division and finish ahead of Atlanta. That would be the next tiebreaker. So there is a chance. What this season, Kurt Heelan, since you cover the NBA from a national perspective, why do you, and I would almost bet for the first time, why do you believe in the New York Knicks maybe more than you might have in recent seasons? Or I don't want to put words in your mouth, or maybe why not? I believe in them in this sense, by the way. I think Tom Thibodeau team's, they just play hard in the regular season every night. And and Miami does this when they're playing well, but that matters. Sometimes you just, they win games and they get to the postseason, and everybody else goes, all right, we're going to play hard too. And puts it in another gear. And the Knicks teams stumble a little and, and Thibodeau teams stumble a little because they, they don't necessarily have that extra gear to go to. But what I think is different this year just starts with their big off season acquisition. Having Jalen Brunson there settles them. It just gives, even if he's not the guy every night, they're having a true professional point guard to get them into their sets, to get Julius Randle the ball. He's back to being an all-star to set guys up to get, you know, Hey, Oh, Hey, RJ Barrett's got it going tonight. Let's get him the ball. And rather than have him be the playmaker, that just makes them a, a competent team night in and night out. I don't think they're a playoff threat really. But okay. they're a competent team night in and night out, and it's going to be just hard to catch them. Well, so I guess my question to you is, because we're doing this from a Heat perspective, is do you see the Knicks as a team that will emerge with a top six playoff seed? Yes, I do. I don't. Okay. I th- I, I'm kind of, I still think 538's kind of got it right, which is the, the Nets are fading fast. And, I, um, and I think the and, Nets are the team they have to catch. The Heat have one game left at the stretch of eight of nine at home against Brooklyn. That's going to be a key game Saturday night game before the Heat finish with five of their last seven on the road. So that could sort of shake things up the way the standings are right now. The Knicks are five would play Cleveland in the first round. The Nets are six would play Philadelphia in the first round. The Heat are seven playing. Does two things. Not only do you have to work to make the playoffs, but someone like Eric Spolstra, who's maniacal at playoff planning, loses up to a full week. There is a scenario, depending how the NBA decides how sexy TV matchups are or not, the Heat could play in a play-in game on Friday night and then open the playoffs on the road on a Sunday afternoon. So you're talking almost no prep. You're literally talking from going what likely will be a home game, a practice at home Saturday, on the plane, no shoot around Sunday, having to face a team there. To me, the biggest threat of the plane is all this, and I see we're already coming in with plenty of comments on the chat board. I will get to them, is this. If you finish seven or eight, those are the two seeds determined by the play-in. Kurt, I think you would agree right now that it looks like in some order Milwaukee or Boston are going to finish one-two in the East, correct? Yes, definitely. Milwaukee's fantastic without Giannis, so it sort of tells you how good they'll be when he's fully healthy and back in there. They're on their winning streak. They're playing great. The Celtics are just built for this moment. 
what we learned this season, it's not as much about the coaching and Ime Udoka as it is about simply Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and their offseason acquisition, Malcolm Brogdon, and what they did to upgrade the roster. They're really good, which is another reason you want six. Not only to avoid the play-in, but I think at least Monday showed, Kurt, maybe you'd agree or disagree, that the Heat would have at least a puncher's chance against the Sixers. Oh, I would agree. I I, I still, I've said it here, I've written it. I think Boston and Milwaukee are not just the two best teams in the East, they're the two best teams in the NBA. But I think you've got against Philadelphia with Bam, with some of the, with Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler, like you said, a puncher's chance. Philly's good, but I don't know that you can get past the top two. And, I, and the thing about Philly is, and you know this because you've covered them with the Clippers and out there in L.A., fill people in out there who aren't as familiar. Doc Rivers' playoff yes. coach, save for the one year he won the championship with Boston's big three. A little bit shaky, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah, he's he's blown a bunch of big leads. He's blown, uh, I want to say, three three-in-one leads off the yes. top of my head. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they've also got James Harden, who is – no, that was point. That was point one A. I was going to say Doc yeah. Rivers is one. James Harden is one yeah. A. We saw a little bit of that when Harden missed the shot at the end of the game on Monday. Yeah. But playoff Harden is a completely different team. Yes, but you're player. right about Doc. Doc. Doc gets stuck in. He's got his guys. He likes. He's got the things he think will work. And when those don't work, a good coach, Eric Spolstra, that's not working. I got to right. tweak this. I got to adjust this. Doc is slow to do that. If he thinks something will work, he's going to pound it into the ground before he decides he's got to change it. And that opens the door sometimes to comebacks. And, and, and we saw that right now when you see, even when you're looking at Philadelphia right now and last year's playoff series against the Heat, the last memory of playoffs for the Heat was when he stuck with DeAndre Jordan too long, when Joel Embiid yeah. was out. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? No, 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 this is going to go. I'm not going to play basketball, Paul. I'm not going to go to a different direction. And that yeah. put them in that hole against the Heat and got them in trouble in the first place. So you have that. And the third factor with the Sixers is Joel Embiid's availability. I mean, yeah. he is a swing vote. And this is a guy who misses playoff time. This is a guy who missed playoff games last season, the first two with the facial fracture against the Heat. You know, again, it was a happenstance against Toronto in the first round, just happened to be just before they faced the Heat in the second round, but you have that. So going by how the play works, and for those who don't know, I just posted at sunsentinel.com my daily story with the rundown, and here's how the play the play-in works. Did that mostly just to tick off the Heat, but figured, what the hell? So the number seven team plays the number eight team. Right now, that seeding would be Heat versus Atlanta Hawks. What makes that a little bit juicier right now is the Quinn Snyder hiring, figuring he will evolve with his players. We saw Atlanta with a, I would say, bad loss last night to the Washington Wizards, especially with Porzingis out for the Wizards. But again, in a one-game series, one game, not series, one-game game, game, seven versus eight, and a Trey Young on the other side, Kurt, I think you would at least agree that could be a little harrowing, even if in Miami. It's what we love about the NCAA tournament, right? Yes, one and done. Hey, yeah, exactly. It's one game. And if some directional school from Maine gets hot from, you know, like has the hot, and Atlanta has exactly what you said. Not only DeJounte Murray, by the way, who can have a great game too, but Trey Young is the guy who can just have one of those nights where he's electric and there's nothing you can do, no matter how you guard him, unless you throw two guys at him. And Quinn's a smart enough coach to put other guys in position and make plays. Now, 
of course, your hope is Trey Young goes, Trey Young and goes, hey, goes full, basically full Kobe. I could pass or I could shoot it over these three guys. Yeah, right. I'll take the shot. Like, yeah, I'll take the and, shot. And, and, you know and sometimes they'll go in. Last night he had a chance to win the game. Instead of dribbling closer, he took the 30-foot three-pointer in his first attempt. Yeah. He missed it. They got a rebound. He got a second attempt. They missed it. They lost the game. But he's still the threat out there. What's interesting here, Kurt, is this. And again, I'm, I'm doing glass half full and glass half empty. The Heat are two games up on the Hawks. They've split their first two games of the season series. After the Heat play the Sixers tonight and the Knicks on Friday, they have two consecutive home games against the Hawks on Saturday and Monday, which means if the Heat lose those two, the Heat could be on the road for the 7-8 game. They could beat Atlanta at State Farm Arena. That's a game changer also. That gets you in trouble. So, again, just to give people the scenarios, if the Heat win the the 7-8 game, they finish the number seven seed. That plays the number two seed. Kurt, between Milwaukee and Boston, and it's going to be close and down to the wire without yeah. question, who do you think emerges one and two in the East right now? I've been saying Boston all year, but, I mean, Milwaukee's now at 15 straight and just playing out of their minds. They add, they add Jay Crowder. I, with you, I kind of think it's a coin flip. They have really – they've hit their stride in Milwaukee. I mean, really – and it's the thing is, it's not just Giannis. I mean, they've won, as you noted, a couple of games now in this stretch without him. Uh, Drew Holiday is playing spectacular basketball. So yeah. I, all that said, I still think Boston's the deeper, better team. But I think part of that might be that they're just the deeper, better playoff team, that their versatility and the, the two wings make them a much tougher postseason matchup. But in the regular mm-hmm. season where you don't get – any prep time, you don't really get a chance to change what you do night to night. Giannis is a problem. Like you just, you can't adapt to it where over the course of seven games, you get better at building walls and the things you have to do against him. And and let me ask you this then. Okay. You know, you know who you think the top two teams will be if you're the Miami heat. And again, this is not like the old G league draft where you pick your playoff opponents and the top seeds will get the choice anyway. You should do that though. Puncher's chance, long shot, maybe not win more than one game. Who would you prefer to play if you were the Miami Heat? If you get number seven, who would you rather see at number two in the first round to play you, Boston or Milwaukee? I still think it's the Bucs because you've got Bam who can give Giannis as much trouble as anyone gives Giannis. And I just think that they're not as deep, not as versatile, a little more prone to fluky three-point shooting luck than Boston. Boston. Boston's so deep, they can just, hey – Derek White's off tonight. We can roll through six other guys because they're just loaded. And they could play that big game with Robert Williams. They're sort of saving a degree with the playoffs. They save Al Horford to a degree. They could be a a different team, more of a half-court team. So I got that. Okay, we're just putting scenarios out there, folks. We're not seeing what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. But for argument's sake, let's say the Heat played the 7-8 game. Let's say Trey goes off for 53 and Spo goes, he's going to make 30-foot shots. He's going to make 30-foot shots. Right now, the standings would have the 9-10 game of Washington against Toronto, Toronto at home. If you had to do your Kurt Heel in advance NBA two months from now picks, who do you think might emerge from a Washington at Toronto game? And I'm curious about this because I think I might disagree. Yeah, I've been so high on Toronto all season, but in one game, assuming Porzingis is healthy, that might be Washington. They just, with Bradley Beal and, and Porzingis, I just feel like they've got guys, and Kuzma, frankly, they've got guys who can have the one big game yes. under pressure. Kuzma has played one played big games under pressure. 
Uh, now, granted, Siakam's got a ring. There's guys on that team that can play in Toronto, but I feel like the ceiling – is it just me, Ira, that the ceiling's higher with Washington? I think the one-game ceiling is higher yeah, with Washington. That's what I, mean, yeah. I think to win one game, it is with Washington. But like you said, to me – and this is a real concern with the Heat. In a one-game series, in a one-game scenario, let me say, you need the player who can go off and lift the team. We know the Hawks have that in Trey Young. We know the Wizards can have that in either Bradley Beal, like you mentioned, in Porzingis to a lesser degree, but certainly in Kuzma, who's done it against the Heat this year. For Toronto, yes, Siakam can, but doesn't often. Fred Van Vliet can, but doesn't as much as, say, a Bradley Beal. So let's say the Heat lose the 7-8 game, either home or road to the, to the Atlanta Hawks, and now they're playing for the number eight seed. Miami Heat at home, it, I, I can't see a scenario where the Heat won't be home in that game. Yeah. Heat at home against the Toronto Raptors. I still like the Heat in that series game. I, I, they have just not been able to put it together in Toronto, despite what – I thought they were a better regular season team than a playoff team anyway, and they just really haven't put it together. Um, I don't – I think you can slow Siakam, and their offense really – they get bogged down if they're in the half court. Their half court offense is yes. the Heat. They're when they're dangerous is when you turn the ball over 20 times, you're in trouble because they're just going to get out and run and go crazy. But their half court isn't that great. And, and again, since I'm a little more familiar, the one thing I will tell you is every time the Heat play the Raptors, it goes down to the last shot. It goes to overtime. It is a slog. The game is going to be one ninety three ninety one, something like that. The Wizards have shown that Kuzma can get hot. It can beat the Heat. Matter of fact, they might have more single game players. I like to refer to them than the yeah. Heat. Anyway. The whole point, folks, out here is not to scare you away, but just to make you realize this. The Heat need to avoid the play-in. The play-in can be so random, especially with the play-in players in the East. I don't think it's the same in the West, by the way, unless the Warriors wind up down there or maybe LeBron and the Lakers wind up down there. But I think the East is fraught with roadblocks, with with landmines, shall we say, if you get to the play-in. I think if the Heat can get to the playoffs, get the number three seed, probably play Philadelphia, I think you could see the Heat competing through the end of April. Get to the play-in, no such guarantees. Anyway, I wanted to set up that scenario. We're getting a lot of really good feedback here on the chat board. So we're going to go to break on RedRecover.com Inside the Paint. When we come back, Kurt Heelan and I will go to your questions and your thoughts. So load us up on the chat board, smash the like button, and we'll be right back after this break on RedRecover.com inside the paint you're listening to the red recover.com inside the paint show with ira winderman and kurt Heelan. red recover.com's wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go use the code big o to get a 10 percent discount There is no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield Home Security System guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, 
Get a free Sloman Shield security system and doorbell camera, all professionally installed for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. Welcome to Red Light Therapy, a revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train, fight, recover. Welcome back to the RedRecover.com Inside the Paint program with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Use code BIGO to receive 10% off your order. Here's Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. And welcome back to our typical, usual Wednesday, 9 a.m., RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint Show. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, out in the Los Angeles area. If you missed our first segment, we were talking about the heat, the play-in, what might happen, what might not happen. Fascinating radio. You can catch that on any podcast outlet for the Big O Show. Big O will be back at the top of the hour from the Combine in Indianapolis. He will give you a player-by-player rundown on all of the first 32 picks in the NFL draft, so you want to stay tuned for that. If not, you can email Kurt. He'll give you his thoughts as well, or at least on his uh, L.A. teams out there. But we'll (laughs) stick to basketball in this segment. We're going to go to the chat board, which means the reading glasses, because all of a sudden I got so much, I got to go to the tiny print here. So, Kurt, I'm going to throw some of these out there, sort of get your thoughts right here on some of the thoughts from our listeners to extreme or regular here says, did anybody notice how quickly Bam crumbled when he's up against an actual player like Joel Embiid? I'm going to take this a different direction because this is something, Kurt, I answered in my Ask Ira mailbag this morning at sunsentinel.com. Bam has struggled against Nikola Jokic before the uh, All-Star break. Struggled to a degree against Brooke Lopez after the All-Star break. You could see his offense wasn't there. He had to work so much defensively against Joel Embiid on Monday night. From a distance, Kurt, do the Heat need to get to a point where they consider Bam as more of a power forward? In other words, each of the three guys I just mentioned to you, Jokic, Brooke Lopez, and Joel Embiid, are three of the biggest big bodies in the NBA. You don't get that ma- those matchups a lot anymore, but you do at times. Are the Heat asking too much of Bam Adebayo to give up 20, 30, 40 pounds two, three, four inches, and do this 82 times a season. Well, the thing is, he doesn't have to do it 82 times a season. Like you said, they don't do it very often. But most teams have a big body at the end of the bench just for this or just for 
a theoretical playoff scenario because it's going to wear on him, right? Like you need somebody out there to soak up 15 minutes of Joel Embiid, even if Joel's, look, he's, he's an MVP level player. He's going to score on Joe on Bam. He's going to score on whoever you roll out there. But if somebody can take the physical pounding for a little bit and, and ease things for Bam, it helps. You can't ask Bam to play 40 against Joel Embiid or 36 or whatever. It's just, I don't think that's a reasonable ask, is it? No, it isn't. And something fascinating has happened in the NBA since the trade and buyout deadline. I didn't see this coming. One is out here in the East. One is out there in the West for you. I thought the age of the Zellers and the Plumleys <laughs> was over. I thought the hulking big man, we've spoken about this on redrecover.com inside the paint for, you know, ad nauseum, how it's a different league right now. You need the agile center. Kurt, does it surprise you how Cody Zeller here has really helped the heat? Yeah. And even for the Clippers, and we saw some of this, you know, last night on national television and Plumlee, what he's done for the Clippers. Is there actually a place for a lumbering big man in the NBA? Cody Zeller chased down block on Embiid. Of course, there's <laughs> uh, that was. I think there is though. I think just for the reason you said that there are certain teams who, if you're going to be a seven foot plus, you know, big big man, a more traditional big man, and there aren't many of them in the league anymore, you still need somebody to counter that. There's the guys who play regularly, the Embiid's, the Jokic's, whatever, like, like Brook Lopez. They're gifted players. They can step out. They can do all this other stuff. Uh, you know, Jokic and his passing. But you still need a body out there. Plumlee really – It's. I was at that game last night. Ty Lue was throwing everything against the wall just to see yes. what sticks because it's they're a brand-new team still. But I think my favorite part of that game was Plumlee drew a foul on um, Rudy Gobert with a pump fake. And I'm up on media roll. We cracked up and like Lawrence Frank, the GM's about four seats down from us. We're like looking at him like you got him for the pump fake, right? Like you, you brought in, it was hysterical. Um, but those guys, yeah, I think that there's a role for those guys in a limited spot and they kind of know it. They kind of know they're mercenaries now that they're going to bounce around, but there's a spot for them if they're a competent big body. You know what? And I'll say this because you and I have spoken ad nauseum on redrecover.com about players taking load management. Certainly the Clippers, a prime example of that. We've spoken about the players who play only sometimes, which is why the Heat have had some of these horrible losses. The one thing about Cody Zeller and Plumlee that they have together is they work. They're there. They'll throw their body out there. They'll do the dirty work. Cody with a year away from the game after that leg injury in Portland comes back playing as hard as he can, doesn't care about fouls, doesn't care about minutes. He's throwing it all out there. And I just think that sometimes that's what you need during the regular season in the NBA is just a guy willing to work. So I find that interesting. Um, Two Extreme then comes back and talks about how the Heat, you don't know who they are. Chris uh, C. Dollar says, hey, the Heat beat Joel Embiid last year in the seven-game series. Uh, Two Extreme comes back and said, yeah, Joel Embiid missed two games with a broken face. Let me ask you this, Kurt Heelan. We talked in our first segment about the Heat want to get to six, likely a series against the Sixers. They're up 1-0 right now in the best of three regular season series played tonight at Miami Dade Arena. Is there a roadmap when you're doing your playoff previews at Pro Basketball Talk and you're doing Heat versus 76ers and you're making your predictions and you're doing your why the Sixers can win, why the Heat can win? What would your roadmap of a Heat 
playoff win against the 76ers entail? Peak Jimmy Butler for all, let's say, six, seven games. I, I imagine the series goes a while. Um, you're going to need really good Jimmy Butler through all of it. You're going to need some hot Tyler Hero nights or somebody else. You know, somebody, somebody. I'm going to say Tyler because he's the most likely candidate. Maybe it's Gabe. Maybe it's somebody. Somebody's got to light you up for a night and get you 35 and, and have hit 10 threes. And then you've got, I think, you're going to need a little help. Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. You need him if he doesn't miss time to have an off night. You need James Harden to be James Harden. You need Doc Rivers to get stuck in one of his loops. Um, You're going to need a little help, but there is a map. There is a, I think, a more reasonable path than against the Bucs or Celtics to get through because I just think they were a more flawed team, especially in the playoffs. No, I agree. I mean, You get get to the second game against – you get to game seven against James Harden or game six, he could melt. Yes, or against Doc Rivers, or you throw the zone out there and you wind up just being a little different. Yeah. I think you'd agree that you Eric Spolscher could outcoach Doc Rivers in a oh, yeah. one-game winner-take-all game. We sort of saw that in game six last year against Philadelphia. See, Dollar chimes in. I'm not going to use the nickname that Big O uses for Kyle Lowry. I'll leave that to others. But he says, I hate to say it, Big O, but we need Kyle. I think that he'd do. I, I think what we've seen from Gabe Vincent, he had a good game Monday against Philadelphia, but he sort of is what he is. The Heat also don't have a lot of depth at point guard and playmakers. I'm going to throw one at you right now. I know you haven't seen that much of him, but he's been around there. The Chicago Bulls, because they added Patrick Beverly, decided to waive and set free Gore on Dragic so he can yep. get minutes somewhere. I, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot here. I do this with scouts sometimes, and they're very honest, and they just tell me, I haven't seen the player. Do you think Goran has any game left? Not much. Or okay. Not, I mean, not much. Look, that's a team in Chicago without Lonzo Ball, desperate for help at the point guard, and they weren't playing him. That's, I have, again, I don't think we've, I've seen much of him, but that's a really bad sign. I mean, they're going with Cody White, and they're going and getting Pat Beverly. Um, it's a sign that there's not a lot there that said, I think it becomes a question of, and, and I know you wrote about this, like, who are you letting go? Yurt's of in, are you, are you letting Highsmith go? Like, is that a trade-off you'd be willing to make? Well, and the crazy thing is, and again, I almost feel like I'm doing it mean spirited because since thank you, by the way, for clicking is I also mentioned Udonis Haslam in that list. And it's just a weird situation that you can add insurance at point guard for someone who never plays, but there's no way that Udonis Haslam, in season 20, is going out that way. So you can't do that. You have Highwood Highsmith under contract at the minimum for next season. In a year, you're going to be into the tax where value players make a difference. So you can use someone like that. You have Omar Yurtsevin, who's going to go in. You have his bird rights. He's restricted. You can control his market, unless you say, hey, the Cody Zeller thing is real. But you can always use depth to the center. So I think the Heat roster is sort of an interesting place where – you might be able to make that move, but you're sort of limited by what you have and thinking about the future. To me, folks, and this is something, and feel free to chime on this, this is where I think the Heat have lost their way this season. You have a 36, 37-year-old point guard in Kyle Lowry. You have a 33-year-old floor leader in Jimmy Butler. And yet it seems there's so many yin-yang moves when the Heat is weighing its future while also living in the moment. And I believe when you have a team, sort of like the Clippers, with Kawhi and Paul George, that's win now. You play to win the game now. You take chances on older players. 
You live in the moment. Look, Russell Westbrook could be an utter flop. But you're trying to get Kawhi and Paul George to that finish line while they still have something in them. When I look at the Miami Heat, I'm saying, wait a minute. Are you playing for Jimmy and Kyle? Are you playing for Tyler and Bam? Are you playing to save against the tax now to go into the tax later? Are you trying to get cheaper players for the future because you want to be able to build around those guys? Are you not willing to trade Tyler in the offseason? I think they're caught in between. I think Goran Dragic would be perfect for Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler, after losing P.J. Tucker, after not seeing a major any gain, honestly, at the trading deadline when people thought that he could make a gain, I just wonder how Jimmy Butler's going to react when they go to, you know, Jimmy, you're right, Goran. And, and again, these guys are friends. He talked about it all the time when they were there. You guys are friends, but uh, we're going to protect Haywood Highsmith instead. We're going to protect Omar Yurtseven instead. And I can imagine the eye roll. And to me, and I was talking to someone with the Heat about this yesterday, the ultimate FU to get Kyle Lowry's attention would be to bring back Goran Dragic and give him back his number seven, which, of course, because of, as you know, Jersey rules, something like that. But let me ask you this, Kurt. I'm going to take it out to a bigger picture here to get more of your national perspective from pro basketball talk. If I told you I have a team going into the NBA playoffs, possibly to face Boston or Milwaukee or a chance against Philadelphia, and their entire point guard rotation is Kyle Lowry at 36 in his injury history and Gabe Vincent as the only other true point guard on the roster, what would you say about going into the playoffs just with those two? That's not enough depth and versatility. And it's it's just because I don't think you know what you can get from Kyle night to night. You know what you're going to get from Gabe, but like you said, it kind of is what it is. Gabe is who he is. He's He's gotten as much out of what he is going to – I, like, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's gotten as much out of it, but he kind of is what he is. Goran would give you the threat of something more. I don't know how much he could bring it, but we were talking earlier. Hey, man, game five, when you kind of need something, hey, suddenly yes. Goran has one of those games. Yes, you, you 14 points, 16 points, something that keeps He jumps in the hot tub Jimmy time Butler. machine. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, Jimmy and, Butler and can take games. a rest. So Jimmy Butler can go to the bench and you have offense, which they don't right now. I've done this season-long screed about Jimmy Butler sitting out in the fourth quarter longer than I think. I know it's a coaching issue. It's not on Jimmy. He would get in there. He's from the Thibodeau school. He would play all the minutes. But the Heat's lack of scoring depth, lack of scoring, last in the league in scoring, I think you can see that. Anyway, I got away from the chat board here, which I always seem to do, so I don't want to let this linger because then I can't keep scrolling back. Uh, Two Extreme says um, he was talking about that how Bam is banging his chest like he wants to be defensive player of the year, but he can't challenge players like Joel Embiid. Again, it's offense-defense. You're not voting defensive player of the year based on offense, or Rudy Gobert never would have won it. My question to you, Kurt Heelan, is can you be a great defensive player, a good offensive player, and still be considered a superstar in the NBA? I don't know about superstar. I, I... I think that Rudy Gobert kind of tapped that market out where he wasn't a terrible offensive player. He's got good hands around the – well, he is this year. But he's got good hands around the rim. He did some stuff in Utah. But that's about the max I think you can do if you're all defense, no offense. I think Bam, at least with his floater game and some of the stuff he's done this year, has shown a, has shown more offensive versatility, um, has shown a little depth. I think he is capable of taking another step. Um, and by the way – Defensively, nobody stops Joel Embiid. 
that's why he's been leading scoring. That's why he's been right at the top of the league all season. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That guy is where he is for a reason. Yeah. And and again, now here's another one I had on the chat board. And again, this has been mentioned by a few there. See Dalla among others. The scenario just gave you that he's looking to the future and the Bam Tyler era when the Jimmy Kyle era ends. And the thought on the chat board here is, can you win in the NBA with Bam Adebayo as your best player? I think that's fascinating. So, Kurt Heelan, you're seeing in the East, leading men, Jason Tatum is going to be with the Celtics for a while. We assume Joel Embiid will be with the Sixers for a while, although that can get a little janky. We'll talk about that in our last segment here on RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint. Giannis has been nothing but loyal to the yes. Milwaukee Bucks. So if the Heat do foresee a future where Bam Adebayo is their best player, what say you, Kurt Heelan, about their overall outlook taking that type of approach? I don't think I, – and I love Bam. I think he's a two, not a one. I don't think he is the best player on a championship or, or even deep playoff run team. He doesn't create for himself. Um, you've got Tyler who can do some of that, but I still think you would need either an elite wing or elite guard to be the primary shot creator and score. Bam can play off of that and then bring you defense, but I don't think he's a number one on a championship team. And I want to, I'm going to set up a little teaser segment here because I heard that's what radio people do. And we'll, we'll come back with it after some quick <laughs> comments from Kurt Heelan on redrecover.com inside the paint. People are talking about the future of the Miami Heat. Name that's going to keep coming up, might even play him in the playing round, is Bradley Beal. He was very good against Atlanta last night. We keep hearing in Portland about Damian Lillard. I'm not going anywhere. Stop it. I'm going to be Blazer for life. I tend to believe. Damian Lillard is more likely to play his entire career in Portland than Bradley Beal play his entire career Absolutely. in Washington. Agree or disagree, Kurt Heelan? Absolutely agree. And I, I know some people closer to Dame. Um, he genuinely it, he genuinely plans to play this thing out. I, I genuinely – I mean, I don't want to say things never change, but I would be surprised if, at this point if Damian Lillard leaves Portland. A year or two ago, I would have thought differently – they're paying him to stay. He loves it there. He wants to go down right. this way. I'm not sure. Just, just from his public comments, Bradley Beal wavers more about this. He genuinely thinks about the how much greener the grass will be in a way that Damian just doesn't. And, and, I, and I agree with that. And I, I think Bradley Beal, there have been other faces of the Wizards during Bradley Beal's time there. There's been John Wall there. There was a Westbrook period. They've gone in other directions where – I mean, from the get-go, the Blazers, from the moment almost he was drafted, I know C.J. McCollum had a nice run, but the Blazers have been Damian Lillard's team. It's been the Damian Lillard era. I'm not so sure you could say that a Bradley Beal era. And then here's the teaser I want to get to, and then we'll go to break real quick. If the 76ers crash and burn, we've already heard Joel Embiid talk about possibly heading somewhere else. Could you see Joel Embiid pulling a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving if the 76ers do not, for the first time in his career – with the Sixers make the Eastern Conference Finals, could you th- could you see Joel Embiid sort of push pulling and maybe trying to get out of Philly? If he feels management, like if he's got, if he's struggling with Harden and feels that management there isn't behind him, yeah, actually, I think he's I think he's the kind of guy who could just get fed up and and almost like a Kevin Garnett, just like that's it, I'm out of this. And then my last question on this segment is, and if you were the Miami Heat, would you put? Bam Adebayo in a package, considering age and injury history for Joel Embiid. 
to win now, yes. Yeah, Joel's just I'm, I'm surprised you're even hemming and hawing, and I'm going to stop you right there because I want to continue this conversation after this break because the Heat do host the 76ers tonight, so I'm going to let you feed the dog, marinate on that, and we'll be back after this break on RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint. Oh, great. You got a doorbell camera. Now you got a front row seat to your house getting robbed. No, 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 no. And there's nothing you can do about it. Get out of my house! Ooh, mom's jewelry. There goes the TV. I'm sure it'll turn up at the pawn shop. No! Just because you can see them, that doesn't mean you can stop them. With slogans, you get 24-hour monitoring, a free home security system, and professional installation. Plus, a free doorbell camera. Free? One that'll actually work for you. It's not total security unless it's the Sloman Shield. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks, eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family-owned and operated, they offer free 30-day storage, full-service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. Red Recover now offers a simple-to-use, professional-grade light therapy device designed to help your dog heal and live a healthier life. Red Recover emits red and infrared light therapy based on the same science that NASA developed, all in a soft, flexible housing pad powered by a convenient, rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Say yes to science and give your dog the care it deserves with Red Recover. Welcome back to the RedRecover.com Inside the Paint program with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Use code BIGO to receive 10% off your order. Here's Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. And we're back for our final segment of our weekly Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. RedRecover.com inside the paint. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. Out in the Los Angeles area, if you missed either of our first two segments here, you can catch them on all podcast outlets on the Big O Show. Big O will be back from the NFL Combine. He'll be rating players 1 through 900 at the top of the hour, so you're going to want to catch that. I want to throw it back to Kurt Heelan. We talked about this at the end of the last segment. I think this is an issue. I think Kurt was downplaying it. Kurt Heelan, if Joel Embiid goes out early in the playoffs again, the only time he really had a chance for a deep playoff run was when Kawhi Leonard hit that corner three-pointer that eliminated, eliminated them against the Toronto Raptors. After he lost last season in the second round against the Heat, he said, we need to get tougher. They brought in P.J. Tucker. He also mentioned possibly joining Jimmy Butler those two were close. 
there was no falling out there. It was other players with Jimmy in Philadelphia. Do you think that Joel Embiid could be that player? In other words, you know the mindset of players. There were certain players who were unhappy, grouse behind the scenes, never go public. And there's Kyrie Irving. And there's other players like that. And then there's middle ground players like Kevin Durant, who try to make it seem as in the situation is forcing his hand. But you know, behind the scenes, he's pushing. Philadelphia 76ers go out in the first or second round this year. You're writing pro basketball talk. You're sitting there all juicy. You're sort of slobbering like your dog there. What do you think would happen with Joel Embiid and the offseason chatter if the 76ers don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, there'd be a lot of interest in teams. I think there'd be a lot of teams reaching out and checking because, look, every team, Ira, you know this, the Heat have it. All 30 teams have this. There's a list. Maybe some teams keep it in a drawer. There's a list of, hey, who's the next superstar? Who's the next guy who might be on the move? Bradley Beal's been on that list. There's other guys who sure. sit on uh, Zach Levine's been on that list. Durant has been on the list for years. For, yeah. Yeah. You could perpetually. Um, yeah. They wrote him in Sharpie on the whiteboard. It's they're not wiping it off. Um, Joel Embiid's on that list. That's a guy. A lot of teams are watching, um, especially your old neck of the woods in New York. There are a lot of people up there keeping an Always eye on him. New York, even without Mark Berman at the post. Yes, I agree with yes, that. Exactly. There are a lot of people. So, there's a lot of people watching to see if he just does become unhappy enough to think that, hey, I can't win here. I know that they can win in Miami. Or, or you know, maybe maybe he chooses New York. Maybe he does something else. But he decides the grass is greener somewhere else. And, again, close to Jimmy. And an, if he's leaving Philly, he's going to go to an organization where he believes the organization can get him there. And certainly the Heat have that track record. So let's say I put together a Heat deal that includes Bam Adebayo, and for argument's sake, Tyler Hero. So, again, there would be other moving parts there. I see that's yeah. your chagrin. Yet I think most of the people here would agree that if he could make an, an Embiid move, they would have to. Yeah. If you are left just with Jimmy and Joel Embiid, is that enough to build around to compete in the Giannis-Jason Tatum Eastern Conference? You're going to need to make some really smart moves around them. You're going to need some depth and versatility. But, yes, I think that those are two guys – Here's the challenge, I think, right? With both of them, you're going to get 60 to 65 games in the regular season. You're going to have to find a way to be good enough over that stretch and over the regular season and have guys who can step up so that when you hit the playoffs healthy, you know, you're rolling, that everything's clicking and then you're really dangerous. But that's the concern is that those guys are, you know, I know Joel Embiid's playing a little, playing more this year. I should probably knock him, but I think that that ultimately you go into this thinking we've got to target the postseason and we've got to find a way to get regular season wins. But that said, yes, in the postseason, those two guys can can take you a long, long way. And I agree when the game slows. I wanted to get to that as the long term perspective because I do think, especially with the Heat playing Philly tonight, that can come into play. See, Dalla asked today. He says today is the buyout deadline. Yes, March 1st is and isn't. People get this confused. A player must be waived by March 1st to be playoff eligible for another team's roster. That's why you saw the Will Barton move recently by the Wizards. That's why you saw the Goran Dragic move yesterday yeah. by the Chicago Bulls. However, if a player is waived by March 1st, he can be signed any time up till the April 9th season finale, the day before or just before your team's final regular season game to be playoff eligible. 
So right now, the market is really slowed. Matter of fact, some of the names we thought might be going somewhere, like a surge Ibaka, remain there out on the market. Other teams have rushed to pull people. Will Barton goes from Washington, boom. He's in Toronto like that. They get that taken care of. The Terrence Rosses, the Danny Greens, the um, Kevin Loves for the Miami Heat. Those yeah. guys are taken care of. Are we pretty much done on the buyout market? Or when you're sitting there for a pro basketball talk, are you going to sort of keep refreshing out every now and then, seeing until the waiver deadline tonight? Do you think there could be others coming free? Or do you think since the trade deadline is so early these days, February 9th, that now by March 1st is pretty much settled down? I think it's pretty much settled down. I don't know of a – I mean, who's out there that we talked about is, oh, that's a guy who could be really big on the market that didn't – we didn't see already. Um, I mean, there have been – Derek Rose is not having this – I don't know how much he helps, but no, he's, I mean, he's not playing in New York. The, but, he's, but he's not – But he's not waiting to see. Asking. But you know what? Guys also judge situations this way. If I do request a buyout, do I already have a landing spot? I mean, oh, Kurt, yes. it really is curious. As soon as guys get bought out, immediately they're linked to a team. They know that what they're oh, yeah. giving up and what they're getting instead. Russell Westbrook seemingly from the get-go knew he was going from the Clippers. Kevin Love, when he came to that decision, I think on a Friday, by Sunday he was with the Heat. And he had reached his agreement. So he knew where he was going. So the thing with Derrick Rose is, unless maybe it's Chicago and the, and the point guard depth you spoke about, but they got Patrick Beverly already. So they're going in a different direction there. That might be the only thing I can see. We know also that Derrick Rose is so closely tied to Tibbs that if Tibbs is going to have yes. playoff success, I think Derrick Rose would just want to be there for that. And then there's another subset of players. This is where Cody Zeller came from. This is where DeMarcus Cousin lives and even Dwight Howard when he comes back from Taiwan. If you haven't been in the NBA this season or if you've only been on 10-day contracts – you're eligible to be signed anytime. You don't need to be waived by March 1st because you're not on a roster on March 1st. So there are the overseas guys. And we do see this every now and then, end of the yeah. season. A guy we totally forgot about because he was in France or Spain or Italy or just playing somewhere else overseas, Russia, where he comes back and he joins a team. So that subset is still there. Yes, you still can sign DeMarcus Cousins. You still can sign Dwight Howard. You can sign any player who's been out of the NBA, like Cody Zeller and might come back. And certainly Cody Zeller shocked the hell out of us for a guy who hasn't played since January 2022 that he still has his legs because some guys care enough. So I want to go to this because that leads to another thing here. See, Dollar brings this up. He goes, I was expecting a regular, better regular season. I kind of blame Jimmy and his load management thing when you look back at this all. Kurt Heal and Jimmy Butler has missed 15 games in the 82-game season which means he's going to finish playing about 68 games, 67 games. Isn't that sort of what you expect these days? In other words, is that the kind of number you look at and you go, how dare you? Or is that the kind of number you look at and you go, eh, that's an NBA star in his 30s, and that's sort of what I expect? I think it's the latter now. I think as much as we get frustrated with that, and by the way, it's, it's a conversation for another day. That This is – team driven at points with some teams and I Jimmy's got his guys, but the heat have all their people. They track stuff. They're telling him to sit certain nights too, because they are trying to save him for the postseason. It's not all on the player. Um, I think that with most stars, especially older stars, it's a little different. If you're talking about, I don't know, John Morant or something. Yeah. You're, if you get, if you get 70, 65 to 70 games for a guy, 29 or older, that's, 
kind of the number now. And it's kind of messes, by the way, with stuff like, I mean, it's been an issue in MVP voting, right? It's been with Embiid not playing as many games as Jokic has been a, a deciding factor. Like, it matters. But if you've got Embiid and you're trying to win in the playoffs, like, hey, if I get 65 games out of him and hit the postseason healthy, that's good. Do you think what they're talking about, and I know the Players Association has even been in talks with the NBA about this, a minimum number of games for NBA postseason mm. awards, which also are tied to a lot of player bonuses. Are you in yes. on that? I'm curious how they handle that. I think it with I think with some awards, and I'll just say this as, as a voter, with MVP, with Defensive Player of the Year, I don't think uh, games played, and I actually use minutes, minutes played matters just because how valuable you are to your team in those roles depends on you actually physically being on the court where I think with some other stuff, it'd be interesting with, I I'm more lenient with all NBA just because I picture that as a snapshot of the theoretically, you know, 15 best players in the league who are the three best centers, who are the six best forwards. And I'm a little more forgiving, not like, Hey, you played 30 games forgiving, but a little more forgiving there just because, hey, LeBron didn't play in as many games, but when he did play, he was fantastic, and he kind of deserves that. You know, I, I you're a little more giving there. And we'll I see. like your point about minutes, and John Hollinger even mentioned this, or else a player's going to go on the court for one minute like Giannis did in the All-Star game. Yes. So he's an All-Star. 20 seconds later, he's out of the game, so you can finagle that. For example, the Heat's final game of the regular season might be minute, meaningless. It's against the Orlando Magic here in Miami. So if a player like Jimmy needed to reach the 70 games threshold, if that was in play, which is not this year, yeah, he would just go out on the court and step off. So I agree that your minutes probably mean more than games, even though by playing that kind of game, it brings all your averages down. But I also think there's another factor there. I'm not so sure that a 33-year-old Jimmy Butler gives a rat's ass about being third-team All-NBA versus no. preserving his body for the playoffs. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And he's, yeah, I think there's a lot of players in that mode. So I, I just think that I, I know what they're trying to do to get players play more. I think it's sort of like what the Steve Kerr's of the world say. You can change the schedule however you want. Yeah. But if I see one of my guys is tired and coaches will never see this and I see the team we're playing stinks, I could do it. Or the team we're playing is great and we're not going into Boston or going into Milwaukee yeah. and, or going into Denver at altitude and winning anyway. So I'm going to sit my guy. So there will be those considerations, whether the season is 82 or 72 or 62 games. I think it's just where we are now with all these performance coaches trying to get the most out of their players and out of their teams. So we've gone through all the heat possibilities. We've gone to the chat board as much as I can get here. Uh, we know today's the buyout deadline. By next Wednesday's show, sort of most of the rosters will be filled. Want to get to the Heat's upcoming schedule because to me it's fascinating. I'm going to go a little further out than usual. First of all, the Heat, when they played Philadelphia on Monday, had 21 games left in the regular season. The projection there was that the Heat needed to go 14-7 and seven to assure themselves of a play in, play off, not play-in spot. So the point I'm trying to make as I go through the schedule with Kurt Heel and from Pro Basketball Talk right here is splitting series is not enough for the Heat. 500 won't be enough to assure playoff versus play-in. Tonight, Philadelphia 76ers, Miami Dade Arena – formerly FTX Arena, formerly American Airlines Arena. <laughs> Can you see the Heat backing up what they did on Monday, or do you see a Philadelphia team saying, Dan, we were within one James Harden three-pointer of winning that game. We sure as hell aren't losing two in a row to this team when we're already coming off an emotional loss against the Celtics. Yeah, I think a little more of the latter. I just think you're going to get a more fired up 
Sixers team. I think it's tough to win in these regular season games. In the regular season where you're not making the same kind of playoff adjustments, I just think it's tough to win two in a row like that. And I think it's almost must win for the Miami Heat for the reason I mentioned. They can't afford these splits. They need to do something more. And yet I'm not so sure the Heat can get more out of this roster than what they got on Monday. I guess it would mean more Bam out of bio offense. It would mean Tyler Hero hitting a better percentage of his shots. But the Heat sort of are who they are. So you have that game tonight. Then we get busy. Friday night against the New York Knicks. We spoke about the New York Knicks in our first segment. You can catch that on your big old podcast outlets. The Knicks are in it to win it. We know Tom Thibodeau will play a guy 48 minutes if he has to. The Heat have three games left to try against the New York Knicks to try to make up two and a half. So the Heat know how important it is. Do you consider the Knicks significantly better than the Heat, or do you think we're looking more at toss-up no. scenarios? More, more, more toss-up. In fact, I think the Heat single-game focused Heat are a better team. Um, they just we haven't. The, the Knicks have been a little more consistent bringing that energy, which is very Tibbs. Um, but I, I, A, I think those are, that's a huge game Friday night. And B, I think that the, I, I think it's more of a toss up. I like, I think these teams are relatively close. And then it gets tougher Saturday night against the Atlanta Hawks here, Monday night against the Atlanta Hawks here before you and I talk again next Wednesday. That again is the scenario I'm talking to you about, Kurt Heelan. Yeah. You need to win both. Can you win both, or does Trey Young go off on one? Does the Quinn Snyder new coach bump finally hit home? How do you look at those two games? I think you, I think you can win both. Um, I, I'm not sure how much – I mean, is it just me? I just don't think Quinn can make that big a difference 60-plus games into the season. Like, he can't – as much as his system is great and, I, and he can stand toe-to-toe because of his contract and status now with Trey Young and say, hey – Start playing some team ball. Stop pounding this thing. We're going to do that's all training camp stuff. Everything he wants to install is training camp stuff. Yeah, I'm so surprised a be... coach like that with a pedigree like that took a job midseason, but I think yes. the money was there. I think to be a coach in waiting would have been a worse scenario for Atlanta. So I agree with you there. The point I'm making is it doesn't get any easier for the Heat. I think a lot of people looking at this stretch and saying eight of nine at home, they can make hay. These are tough, critical, big games, and we'll be monitoring that for you. But for right now, it's Big O at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So we'll catch you again next week. I'm Kurt. I'm, I'm not Kurt Healan. He's Kurt Healan. I'm Ira Winderman. And this <laughs> has been RedRecover.com <laughs> Inside the Paint. And I think I've had enough for today. The Big O Show rolls on. Take care. This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDConstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDConstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. Oh, yeah. What's happening, baby? Let me, let me make uh, sure we're... A little bit more centered here. Or maybe what I should do is actually move this this way. There we go. That's what I'll do. I'll just I'll just move the camera to get me more centered. Uh Sean, we sounding good. I just want to make sure before we continue everything kosher. I know we're not gonna have the tightness of the studio because my studio at home has got, you know, it's all you know, padded up and everything, so it's tight sound, and there's never any echo like there is here today. 
uh, and for the rest of the week. But anyway, it, it seems like it sounds uh, pretty good. Ah, let me see, because the headphones aren't uh, necessarily working for me right now. It's more for the uh, for the interviews than anything else. But anyway, we are here in Indy. Uh, we are uh, attacking the combine. We got a lot of things to talk about today because, um, I mean, not that not that McDaniel really said anything earth-shattering yesterday, but we'll go over a couple of things that he did say. Uh, Chris Greer will talk in a couple minutes. Actually, Chris Greer is going to talk, and I'm sure he's not going to say anything either. And you know, everybody's dying to find out about the Tua fifth-year option and all that stuff. And so we uh, got all those things to talk about. Obviously, we got to get into a little bit of Dolphins talk. Got a lot of Dolphins talk actually uh, to get into, and we got a Dolphins guest that will be joining us at 12:30. And um, yeah, it, it'll be fun. We'll have some fun with our guest, and and we'll uh, we'll talk uh, all things Dolphins this year with him, and uh, and the future, obviously, because he's part of the future also. Uh, Panthers, by the way, uh, defeated the Lightning last night. That was nice. Duclair scoring. That was good. Uh, Lindell and uh, what is the, the the kid with the E name? I forgot. He played all right also. Bob with 28 saves. So we'll see what they do against the Predators on Thursday. It's uh, been a really frustrating season to watch the Panthers. Just like the Miami Heat, and tonight they take on the 76ers. Sixers are favored by two. We'll see on this one. <sighs> anyway, Goran Dragic was released by the Chicago Bulls. And so just to get into a little, a little heat talk here, coming off of the hour with Ira and Kurt. If you want to see the crap really hit the fan, the Heat sign Goran Dragic because that will make Kyle Lowry really uncomfortable. If, if that'll put pressure on Kyle Lowry to perform at a higher level if he wants to play. If he continues with his, I mean, can anybody argue with me that the perception of Kyle Lowry is I don't give a shit? I don't care about Heat culture. And winning's really not that important to me right now. I got my title already. That's kind of what I get from him. I don't get a guy that is trying to sell out for his organization. I get a guy that is cashing in $85 million for three years, and he's saying, here's my retirement money, and that's what I'm doing, and, and that's it. That's kind of the impression I get from, from Kyle Lowry. You know what I'm saying? So – I, I just, to me, you want to see the, the crap hit the fan? Go sign Goran Dragic. You know, and Jimmy can't be a, a phony about it because he, he isn't a phony. While Kyle Lowry is his buddy and the godfather of his, of his daughter and all that good stuff, he loves Goran Dragic too. So he's not going to crap on one player for the other, but he's going to leave it to where it is. And if Goran Dragic comes in, and he has anything left in the tank, you know. And you, there's there, and, and you know, I heard Ira and the guys talking about it. There's a slew of players you can cut. Enough on getting high on your own supply. Okay, 
you don't have any young stars on your team. None. I'm talking about all these street free agents and all these guys, the Highsmiths, the Caleb's, the Ty, not Tyler, the um, Tyler too, by the way. Um, all those guys, Duncan, none of those guys are stars. You didn't find a star in Gabe Vincent. You didn't find a star. These are nice, serviceable players, role players, things like that. None of these guys you need to hang on that, oh, my God, they're going to go somewhere and become a star or something. You could even cut UD. You know, at one point or another, it's going to – either you're cutting them in the offseason and not bringing them back, or you're cutting them in the regular season. But either way, you're going to have to part ways at one point or another. But you could cut Highsmith. You could cut UD. You could cut a couple guys. It's not a big deal, dude. It just isn't a big deal. They don't have guys there that, oh, my God, we got we can't let go of this guy. He's going to become incredible somewhere else. And, and it's not that Goran Dragic is going to put you over the top. It's just that Kyle Lowry has been, Kyle Lousy has been just so disappointing. It is one of the worst contracts in the history of South Florida sports, Kyle Lousy. One of the worst decisions. It's right up there with the, in fact, it might be worse than Whiteside. I wonder how, you know what, I forgot about that. I did run a poll a couple days ago on that. that which was the worst contract, Kyle Lousy or uh, Hassan Whiteside? Forgot about that. We run a poll on that a couple days ago, and I, uh, I guess traveling and everything and all this crap the last couple days, plus the weekend was really busy. I guess I completely forgot about it. Uh, oh, I got my tickets for the Struts. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna take the wife to the Struts. Tickets just went on sale. Thank you, Greep. You're the best. Appreciate you, brother. I don't know Greek got me those tickets. Where the hell is that? Where is that? Wow, maybe it was more than a couple days ago. <laughs> I can't even find it on my I can't even find it on my timeline right now. I'm scrolling down so far. To, I thought it was only a couple days ago. I guess it was a while back. Damn. And I'm sure that people were voting for for Kyle Lousy as, because you think about it, think about this. You probably got more out of the white side, just white side's numbers. I know they weren't necessarily winning numbers all the time because he was more of a, a stat hog than anything else. But right now I could say you, you probably got better out of, and, and, it's, and it was still a terrible deal, a horrible, horrible contract. And yet, somehow or another, the Whiteside deal might be even better than Kyle Lousy's deal, which that, that's a crazy thing to even fathom, to even address and say, there's no way that this deal is going to be worse than, than, than Hassan Whiteside's. And then you watch him here for the first two years, and it's been an embarrassment. It really has. 
I was thinking maybe I passed it up or something. So I'm going back up again. I still can't find it. I don't know, Sean, if you can, see if you can find the uh, that poll question I put up on Twitter between uh, Kyle Lousy and Whiteside. And I know Lousy was leading early, but I didn't check it after, obviously, because I still don't even know what the, the damn results were from it. But, yeah. <laughs> If you want to see the crap hit the fan, you make a move for Goran Dragic, and that place will get uncomfortable. And it'll get really uncomfortable for, for Lousy. It'll get uncomfortable for the fans, by the way. If you, if you sign Goran Dragic, Kyle will, will feel – oh, here it is. Kyle will feel the, the wrath of the fans – more than they than than he ever has because I don't think the fan base has really gone after him yet seriously and but now I think if you bring Goran Dragic remember the fan base loves Goran Dragic everybody loves I mean how do you not love Goran Dragic what's there not to love about Goran Dragic whether you might think he's an excellent player or not or was a good player or helped out or didn't or whatever hard to dislike the person you know what I'm saying and the effort was always there. He had his injury history and all that other stuff. But you never questioned his effort. Uh, so the voting went 57% Kyle Lousy, 43% to Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, it was only a day ago that it, uh, it finished. So there you go. I thought, I, I thought it was recently. So I just passed it up quickly. But think about how ugly it's going to get in the arena. If Kyle plays lousy, then which is a good there's a good chance that that happens. The fan base will be screaming for Goron, and they'll be chanting for Goron. I'm pretty sure the Heat has thought about that because if it's if it's crossed my mind, and I'm not very bright, they're a hell of a lot smarter in Heatland than I am. So if I know that, they've got to know that also. That by signing him, you're also opening up the door for some serious, serious drama inside, you know, what's it called now? Uh, Miami-Dade Arena or whatever the hell it's called. Formerly FTX, formerly the AAA. Yeah. That would be very interesting. And that's why, that's why maybe, that's why I, there's probably a good chance it doesn't happen because they will anticipate what's the drama that's going to happen between the two. Plus it doesn't make you look good that you signed the guy for 85 million and now you've got to go replace him. That would also be a bad look for the front office. That the guy you signed wasn't even good enough that you have to go make a move for another guy that you had here. Man, that trade turned out to be absolutely disastrous. Not only was it a bad contract, by the way, that's the other thing about the Kyle Lousy move. Not only is it a bad contract, it was also a terrible trade. Because if you go sign Goran Dragic, isn't it, didn't they trade? Was it, wasn't it uh, Achua and Goran? Wasn't that the trade? Right, Sean? Right? So you end up getting back the guy you traded for Kyle Lousy. 
it really isn't a good move on any shape or form for the Miami Heat, even if it helps you on the court. It's going to hurt you because it makes your front office look terrible because you, the guy you traded away, you now signed them off of the street to replace the guy you traded him for. And then you've got, if he goes out and plays well and Lousy's playing lousy, then you've got the fan base turning on Kyle Lousy. And so now you've got the drama in the building and on the team. And then the media has got to ask. And they're going to ask Kyle Lousy about being booed. And they're going to ask Warren Dragic about being back and being loved and, and being wanted and all that stuff and the, and the support from the fan base. And then you've got the columnist. And then Dave Hyde is going to write an article about it. And then somebody else is going to write an article about it. The Heat are not going to sign Goran Dragic. Because it's like a, it's this exploding cigar. And, and it's just going to just keep exploding in your face. You know, normally an exploding cigar just pops once. You sign Goran Dragic, it could explode on you all over the place. In this article, in that column, on this uh, talk show, on that talk show, on that TV show, on the court, in the stands. Yeah. So my guess would be that Goran doesn't get, you know, signed just because of that. And he says, Goran's done. And so what's, what's Kyle? What's the difference? Now, I would gamble that, that Goran Dragic would play better than Kyle Lowry or Lousy. So it doesn't really matter. Either way, it's not a good look for the Miami Heat. And it's probably one they'll have to stay away from. Uh, at least Lousy had a past that you'd hope he'd regain. Whiteside had accomplished nothing anywhere else. That's why. That's why. Remember. That's that's my point. You got more. You made more out of Whiteside than anybody ever did, and that's because you got Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra does that all the time. Uh, oh, what's the most overused combine line? Says Dougie Fresh. This guy has a motor. That won't quit. B, he's 100% a throwback player. D, plays with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> um, those are good ones right there. Those are good ones. He uh, he really loves the game. That's, uh, that's one that you get there. Also, he's... Um, I'm trying to think of some of these lines now that you you brought them up that uh, that they you know real he's a real leader you know that kind of stuff you'll 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 get stuff like that uh, yeah there's there's all kinds of uh, cliches that are that are used no doubt about it uh, and Juan says yeah plus the second round pick yeah no it was a, it was just a horrible trade bro. Horrible trade. I hated that contract. Uh, I don't know why they ever thought it was going to end up working out. Frankie Fresco has got a uh, prediction for me. AEW Wednesday. Hook versus Matt Hardy. Who you got? Hook versus Matt Hardy. Well, you know, let me tell you something. 
it's been amazing in the NBA that nobody has learned to shoot the sky hook since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar retired. You would figure that after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar dominated with that shot, that somebody would learn the hook, right? And, you know, Kyle Lowry deserves the hook, right? Because he's Kyle Lousy. So you got to give him, you know, the hook. Right. And sometimes that's what happens at times. You know, the the uh, the Panthers, they may not even make the playoffs this year. That's that's pretty bad. That's getting the hook from the playoffs from last year. So we're going to go hook a crook here. We're, we're going to go with the, the hookster over Matt Hardy. And that's it. Hardy probably had a really hearty meal before the game, before the match probably going to be full before he steps into the ring so the hookster is going to take advantage we're going to we're going to hook it okay that's what we're going to do we're going to hook it tonight hook wins wow i'm getting two thumbs up from sean like i like two hooks like this how about that so there you go i got two hooks from sean not not thumbs up i got two hooks so we're, we're hooking it today. Although I did have a hearty meal today, I did have a Chick-fil-A biscuit. God, I love that thing. That's uh, That may be the most addicting food on the planet for me, is the Chick-fil-A biscuit. Yes, Sean? I'm, I'm guessing Ruthless CW is a little bit new to this. Uh, oh, Ruthless CW. That's a wrestling question, though? Yeah, bro. I mean, they don't understand how you break down the wrestling. They don't understand. Yeah, they don't, the, they don't the, get it. Yeah. They don't, yeah, yeah. they don't get real insight. On no, wrestling. no. That, not the That's wrestling the insight you get from Big O. Right, exactly. What are you going to do? Listen to Square Circle Digest and actually give you real wrestling content? No. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on the Big O Radio Show YouTube channel. There you go. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. That's right. So there you go, Ruthless CW. If you want a real wrestling show, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Now, when you want real wrestling breakdowns, right here, right here, we hook them, horns. So we do. He definitely lost that Lowry trade. They gave away Precious, who's actually a solid role player for the Raptors, I know. Many Raptors fans thought Lowry was overrated even when he played there. Well, the problem with Lowry and Rose, DeRozan were they're not lead guys. That's all. It's pretty simple. They're complementary guys. They're the third guy. They're not even the number two. But they were lucky that Kawhi got there, and Kawhi's a freaking monster. When, when healthy, of course. Gotta always say that with Kawhi because he's never healthy. But when he's healthy, and especially early part of his career, dude was, you know, one of the three best players in the NBA. And that when you have one of those monsters, that's different. That makes everything a lot easier for everybody else. But when you made Lousy and DeRozan your lead guys, that's why Toronto always fell short in the playoffs. They were fun and, and they did great in the regular season, but they weren't good enough to be. That's why, that's why Jimmy Butler cannot. When Jimmy, if Jimmy Butler is your best player, 
uh, then you're not ever going to be good enough. Sorry, it's the way it is. Jimmy's got to be a two because he's got more balls and lousy and, and DeRozan because he does all the other things. But if he's your number one guy, then you're not good enough. When they signed uh, Jimmy Butler, I said, you have to sign another star that's better than him in order to win a championship. If you don't do that, then it's not going to work out. And yeah, you've got mileage out of it, but it has, you know, you're, if you're trying to win a title, you're nowhere near a title unless you get another star. Star. And, and, and Bam's done a really good job of coming, you know, forward this year, but not where I'm not. He's not a number one. You got to find a number one. And they haven't been able to find the number one to go uh, with Jimmy. So, yeah, that's the problem with the whole Lowry thing. And I'm sure um, Raptors fans felt that few years in with Rosen and Lowry that, okay, we're really good, but not good enough. Uh, since we can't find diamonds in the rough so easy with the heat, we should almost never re-sign these guys. Well, maybe that's guess what I was talking about yesterday. And everybody else will then talk and write about it now that I've mentioned that the the Heat and G Money from New Jack City have a lot in common. They get high on their own supply, and they've been screwing up with that for years now. Like I said, none of those guys are stars. If you actually found a guy off the street that became a star, then, yeah, you commit completely to the guy. But they've never done that. They've never found a guy that's a star. What they find is nice role players. And those aren't guys that you commit to long term. So that's been a problem, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. Magic had the mini hook. Yeah, he developed a little mini hook. Uh, my first game in person with the B, BS Utah, I will loudly be booing lousy. <laughs> Uh, Frankie's reminding me not to have any hot dogs. I will, but that was like, I mean, you can have a hot dog at a really decent place, not at a roadside Dairy Queen. That's where I screwed up. Morning, oh, the problem with the Heat is they have too many G League players, and that's why the bench sucks right now. Yeah. yeah you've developed a lot of guys. You've developed a lot of guys that just aren't, aren't good enough. That's it. Uh, what else do we have here going on in the world of sports? Uh, by the way, I do want to remind you, Cutter's Edge Pro, we love talking about Mike and Will. Will is uh, an amazing person. When you when you meet Will, uh, and he runs the company, obviously, he's the boss, you're going to meet a guy that excels at being exceptional. And that's why Cutter's Edge Pro is the is the cutter's edge telling you when it comes to landscaping and so if you're looking to take your business your condominium your hoa your home to the next level and i don't think i'm enlightening any of you out there but if you don't know this once you add landscaping also to your home it increases the value of your home and here's the other thing and and this is the one that you know you really got to remember when you're paying your mortgage you're paying your mortgage for your whole property. So if your backyard's there and it's just 
there and you're just cutting the grass, you're really not enjoying it, then you're not getting the best out of it. And so you're paying for a piece of your property that you're actually not using. But when you now put some creative landscaping to it and you can create areas of shade and you can create areas where you can hang out in and barbecue and do whatever, all kinds of things, whether it's play cornhole, uh, mini golf, you know, a little bit. I have a putting green in my home, you know, and it, it's really cool. It's it's so cool on an evening. And and the last few weeks, it's been like that, that the evenings have been, you know, nice and cool. They haven't necessarily been hot. And I go out there with the wife and a drink in my hand, no toes in the sand. Although we do have some bunkers, so I could put my toes in the sand, like Van Halen would say. But um, it's so cool to just go out there. You know, me and the wife are talking, having some fun and and playing some mini golf and the dogs are running around. And, you know, so, sometimes we got to keep we got to keep the big dogs inside when we play mini golf because they're, they're chasing the balls. <laughs> and if we're throwing and we're throwing the bags for a cornhole, they want to go after the bags. You know what I mean? The little dogs are cool. They hang around. They don't get in the way, all that. So, you know, it's cool. But artificial turf is another thing. And wait till you get the artificial turf, because not only is it so clean, because they don't bring any dirt or any mud or anything inside to the home, and neither will you when you go outside and you come in, you won't be bringing anything in. But they also love playing in it, rolling around in it. It is so easy to manage and maintain, and you save a lot of money because you're not watering the lawn and you're not cutting the grass every 10 or 14 days, because you know how it is in South Florida. Your grass, you got to cut it every 10 or 14 days, or if not, it starts getting out of control. This is why I want you to call Cutter's Edge Pro, because once you call Cutter's Edge Pro, you're going to see the difference. You're going to feel it. Synthetic turf, irrigation, landscape design, outdoor lighting. We've got all kinds of lights, too. We can change the lights in our home to go with whatever's going on, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, whether it's a Dolphins win, a Canes win. I can change the colors up to a heat heat colors, to dolphin colors, to canes colors. It's a beautiful thing, man. Cutters Edge Pro, go to their Instagram page and check it out. You can see a lot of the work that they've done all across the Tri-County area. Dade Broward and Palm Beach counties, man. They've got like over 70 trucks. It's an enormous company. You'll see their trucks all over South Florida. CuttersEdgePro.com and go to the Instagram page. At Cutter's Edge Pro, call them. Tell them that Big O sent you, 954-472-0622. All right, so let's uh, let's get into a little Miami Dolphins talk. And yesterday, uh, Mike McDaniel addressed the media. Today, Chris Greer addressed the media. We'll go over some of his comments now because he's, he's in the middle of talking now. So we'll go over some of his comments in the next hour. I'm sure there's nothing earth-shattering going to be said. Just like yesterday, by the way. There wasn't anything earth-shattering said by Mike McDaniel. Everybody's dying to find out about the fifth-year option. And I'll tell you what, I got to give Poopar a lot of credit. Because I, I told you I was very into giving him the, you know, activate the fifth-year option, save yourself money just in case the kid kicks ass next year. And um, by the way, I was talking, I was talking with uh, Nick Hicks, his uh, tourist trainer, yesterday. He's going to be on the show. Probably tomorrow I'm going to try to get him on the show. So we'll have Tua's trainer on either tomorrow or the next day. But um, we, we may be hanging out tonight, actually. Um, but anyway, so um, we were talking as we were waiting for our bags. 
uh, last night. Uh, I I didn't I didn't go hit the streets like I like I normally do. Uh, you know, ten years ago I was thinking about it when I was laying in bed last night. I go ten years ago I get here after a long ass day, and you know I set my room up and then leave right away and out till two in the morning, and back up in the morning. Uh, I could not do that. So uh, after a long day of doing the show and everything and, and packing and traveling and everything, although the travel was really smooth, by the way, super smooth. Plane was on time. Uh, takeoff was smooth. Landing was smooth. We got air back. The only thing that took a while was the bags. It's the only thing that took a little longer than, than, I, than I wanted. But the, the younger me would have been out of the streets. And I got here last night. I said, you know what? I'm just going to set my equipment up start prepping some of the show, watching television, relax. I'll, uh, I'll start the craziness tomorrow, which is today. And I want to get some rest. And so uh, I needed to get some rest. So I charged the battery. But tonight I'll be uh, hitting the streets. And so everybody wants to find out about the fifth-year option for Tua Tunga Vailoa. And what's the deal with Tua Tunga Vailoa and what's going to happen, all that kind of stuff. And... Remember, I told you I was about giving him the fifth-year option. Now, Pupar convinced me that it really doesn't matter. And really, this decision is only big in the media. It doesn't matter. For the Miami Dolphins, it's all the same, pretty much. It's a matter of rolling the dice a little bit. Because if you have to tag them next year, then you're going to have to use a little more cap space. You know what I mean? And if you don't have to tag him and you didn't pick up the fifth-year option and he has an injury-riddled year, then you can get out of it clean. You understand? But I think what's going to in – the, in, in the end, I think they're going to probably, is my guess, give him the fifth-year option. But if they don't, Kupart made a great point that even if you don't give him the fifth-year option, you still can tag him, you still control him, you still can then renegotiate, you know, negotiate a new contract and an extension off of that, and you're still going to buy yourself a couple of years before you really have to give him the big money. So either way, you can still build a team around him for the next two to three years before the big money kicks in. Because this is his fourth year coming up. You got the fifth year for the fifth year option. And then the sixth year can be his first year of his contract, which if he's you know healthy and he proves he gets a new contract, that first year you can manipulate it and have a low number also. So it gives you cap flexibility again. And by the way, remember, we're talking about an increase next year in the cap, another increase again the year after that, and another increase, you know, the year after that. So as long as you're not getting crazy with the quarterback salary, you're still going to have a lot of flexibility with everything else. This decision is overblown for media and for fans. Now, for media, hey, brother, you know, let's get sensationalistic about it. Let's go write about it. And then for the fans, they bait half of you out there because it's really easy to bait a lot of you out there. 
unfortunately, I have to be honest, you know, you guys are suckers out there. There's a lot of suckers out there. And, and so you bite and you make it look like this is some desperation moment when if you really look at it, it's what I've been telling you for a while now. It sucks that Tua has had to go through all these injuries and the concussions this past year. I hope, I wish it wouldn't be the case because obviously I want the kid to be a freaking star and I want the Dolphins to have a franchise quarterback. I don't want him searching for more, for more quarterbacks. I'm tired of that already. But really, in the end, we're, we're talking about a kid, we're talking about a situation that favors the Dolphins. And that's what this whole thing now has put the Dolphins in the driver's seat. So it, it the time you wasted with flow, now you gained it back on the on the back end because of the injuries. Because if he was injury free and was balling, we'd already be talking about, all right, well, what are they paying him next year? 45, 50 million, you know, whatever. And it, not next year, but the year after, in other words, in year five. But they would actually be able to manipulate that number two. It's year six that it would have blown up. Now, year six is not going to be a blow up because the year six is the year of the contract and you're able to manipulate that first year. So you win. You know what I'm saying? In the end, instead of looking at it like, are they going to give him the fifth year option or not? It's not a big deal whether they do or they don't. I've made the case for giving him the fifth year. Poupart made a great case for not giving him the fifth year. And you're still in control, which he's right. So what's the big deal? Who cares? The best part is, are you a Dolphins fan? Oh, you are. Oh, okay. Dolphins are in control. Dolphins have the leverage. That's the best part, right? He'd have no leverage. He already gave Kyle Lousy the contract. They're stuck with it. They got to live it out until they can get rid of it because it wasn't an interchangeable contract. Neither was Whiteside, and neither was Tyler Johnson, and neither was James Johnson. So once you make the decision, you're screwed. Can't get out of the Cedric Wilson contract, right? Because you made the contract, and then Tyreek Hill became available. And then that made Cedric Wilson obsolete. But you gave him the contract already. So you're kind of locked into it already. What are you going to do? Same thing. Not as big a contract as some of the other ones we're talking about, but because of the scenario that developed, the Cedric Wilson contract became a bad contract. You know, not that really you blame the Dolphins for that, because what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Oh, bad move on Cedric Wilson. You shouldn't have gone and get Tyreek Hill. If you sign Cedric Wilson, you stay with Cedric Wilson. No, dude. <laughs> you say, screw it, bro. <laughs> I don't care if he can't play much because we've got Tyreek and Waddle. But if Tyreek's available, I'm getting Tyreek. And kudos to the Dolphins. What are you going to do? Turn them into a bad deal. But that's the kind of bad deal that I can live with. Because I know why that became a bad deal. Because some guy named Tyreek Hill became available. Nothing wrong with that. Got to make that kind of move. But in this in this case, you don't really have to rush to give him the fifth year. You don't really have to rush to make this decision. Now, if you give him the fifth year, you kind of know where everybody stands. 
he knows where he stands. Agent knows where he stands. Now you can move on. And, and year six will still be the first year of his big contract if he gets one, and you can manipulate that year. Or if you don't tag him and you don't pick up that fifth-year option, in other words, not tag if you don't pick up that fifth-year option, and then you've got to tag him in year five because he balled out in year four, so you live with that number, and then you negotiate a new contract in year six with a lower cap number to keep giving you flexibility to build a team around him and try to win a, a, a Super Bowl without having to pay him the big money. So really, in the end, if you want to make a big deal out of this fifth-year option, it's really not. Don't allow the media to make it sound like it's a big deal. The big deal is that the Dolphins are in complete control of the situation and they're not forced to give them a bad contract. That's the best part, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, the other thing uh, that uh, they talked about, and we're going to talk to Skylar Thompson at 1230 about this. Uh, McDaniel talked about bringing in competition for Skylar Thompson. And let's uh, let's go to McDaniel addressing the media yesterday when he was asked, because obviously they brought Teddy Bridgewater in and that one didn't work out for one reason. But it still worked out for the reason that I said it would work out for. See, I was never really a believer of Teddy Bridgewater, the player. But I was a big time believer of Teddy Bridgewater, the leader the experienced guy, and you can go back and listen to the shows last year and how many times I talked about it in the offseason that having Teddy there is like what? A hard drive. Didn't I say that? Did I, did I not say that, Sean? That Teddy, brought, Teddy Bridgewater is a hard drive that Skylar Thompson and Tua Tungavailoa can plug into and download the information. That's what I told you last year. So let's hear from Mike McDaniel uh, addressing the backup quarterback situation because that was a storyline that came out of it. I don't think it's anything unexpected, but let's hear from Mike McDaniel addressing the backup quarterback situation. Go ahead, Sean. Um, I think that uh, I think by um, really – when, when you assess Skyler's play as as a rookie, he he did a lot of things to deserve um, uh, to be in competition uh, and and to have an open mind to him being um, to winning a, uh, the backup quarterback role. I don't foresee that being unchallenged by any stretch. Um, I think uh, you know when you look at the position. Um, from its entirety from a year ago. Well, a year ago we had uh, a one-man room um, that, you know, there's a lot of questions with regard to, um, you know, the, the, where Tua was at in, in his development of his game. And, and we needed, uh, you know, someone to come in that could really help him take a step in, uh, in the right direction to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League at a high level. Um, I think Teddy came in and did that. Um, I think 
um, as it stands right now. I, I was happy with what Skyler was able to do um, under the pretense that you know he's going to continue to get better. And I think uh, you know I think Tua is in a different spot. I think the team's in a different spot, and I, I think there's some competitive advantages that we can bring to the room through free agency, and that's what we'll look to do is to um, uh, at least have some – there will be competition regardless in the room, um, regardless of who uh, we sign. But I, I, I think that um, that's something that we're definitely interested in to make the quarterback room better. All right. So there you go. I'm doing the interview. I don't need this. Uh, anyway, so – he basically told you what I was talking about last year, why Teddy was really here. I know some of you out there thought he was going to take the job from Tua. You, you thought all that stupidness, whatever. You know. I get it. You don't really watch football. Uh, so that's, you know, as we talked about already, those of you that thought Teddy would take the job from Tua, you don't watch the games at all. At all. Either that or you don't know football. Because if you watch Teddy in Minnesota or in Carolina or in Denver or in New Orleans, and then you thought he was better than Tua, you don't know shit about football. Seriously, you don't know shit about football. But anyway, so uh, one of the things I talked about last year was that Teddy was there for the hard drive, for the information, for the leadership, the experience. And you see how he says Tua's in a different place. Tua doesn't need that now. Tua mentally has what he needs. He's got Daryl Bevel that he can lean on. What he talked about now is making the backup position better. And Skyler's got to improve on his own, and we'll talk to Skyler at 1230 about that. But the idea is to bring in competition and make that number two job because Skyler is not looking to be a three. We'll talk to Skyler. I'm sure he wants to be the backup quarterback this year. I'm sure he wants to be the number two. But in order for you to be the number two, you've got to now prove it that you have improved your play, your understanding of the offense, your understanding of NFL defenses, all those things that I'm sure he's working on everything. And I'm sure he'll tell us that at 1230. But it, it's it's more about bringing in somebody that will push Skyler, not about Tua. Because it's not about Tua. There aren't a lot of starting quarterbacks better than Tua in the NFL, period. Okay? Tua's a much better passer than most of the guys in the NFL as it is. So you're not really bringing anybody in off the off the street that is going to be better than Tua. Okay? Tua's only issue is the injury stuff, and he's just got to work through it. You know? In fact... You know, I was talking to Nick Hicks yesterday. I was explaining to him, you do know that all his injuries are from 3.81 to 5.1 seconds. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, I, I timed each. Because I, I could tell he hadn't heard that segment on our show. And I said, his hip injury, the two concussions, the, the ankle injuries, they're all because holding on to the ball. And so we'll, Nick told me some stuff that we'll, I'll let him explain it. Because it's that's where that's his place, and um, that stuff that uh, Tua is working on with him, and uh, we'll talk about that with him. Hopefully tomorrow we'll get him on. I'll try to see if we can we can uh, get him on tomorrow. He told me that during this time slot, 
he's pretty good. So uh, we'll probably get to his trainer on either tomorrow or or third or you know, today's Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. I promise you, we'll get him on on one of those days. By the way, tomorrow's show will be at 10 a.m. Remember, I know that normally is at 3 p.m., but remember, I'm here, so that's why I was at Hylia Park on Monday because I'm not at Hylia Park on Thursday. So for those of you that are listening and watching and all that stuff, tomorrow's show will be a morning show like a, like we normally do it, you know, throughout the rest of the week uh, because I'm not at Hialeah Park tomorrow in the afternoon. Okay, so I mean, it, it's just we'll see who they bring in as a backup, and there's a lot of good options out there for a backup position, and I think that this is going to be a sexy destination too for somebody as a backup. Todd McShay was on to something when he talked about Jalen Carter's character issues. Okay. Um, I listen, some of us that, that are able to unearth information. Sometimes people don't want to hear it and then they don't want to believe it. And so McShay knows a lot of people and he knows a lot of people in college and you get information that that happened to me with the whole Vontae Davis, exactly the same thing. They didn't want to believe me either about Vontae Davis and his immaturity issues. The day of the draft, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, you're just being negative. <laughs> when you don't hear what you want, I'm being negative. It's hilarious, dude. It really is. Uh, Nature B, by the way. Hey, listen, I travel a lot. I, I I'm constantly on the air. You rarely you rarely see me deal with a cold, and that's because of Nature B. And we got some great deals going on right now. We got a 200 cap supply for only eighty five dollars. That's eighty five cents a day. It's an absolute joke. Come on, folks. 85 cents a day to get that kind of protection, highlighting libido, allergy relief, less stress, muscle recovery, added energy, boost immune system, fuller hair, thicker nails. Man, I'm telling you, the, the benefits of plant pollen, you can research it yourself on the benefits of plant pollen. And Nature B, they, they also potentiate it, which by doing that is they crack the cells. So that way, when you ingest it, it goes directly into your system. And here's the other thing. Uh, you know, it's all natural and it's just beautiful and not made in some lab somewhere grown from the earth, from clean, green New Zealand. Break open the capsule and, and throw the powder in your mouth directly. You would never do that with any other capsule because you know it would taste like crap. Taste it, you're going to go, wow, it doesn't taste bad. It's all natural plant pollen. That's why, folks. Naturebee.com slash big O. That's naturebee.com slash big O. And if you order this 100 day supply over three months for $85, only 85 cents a day, we're also going to give you a free Manuka honey lip balm. And it is the best lip balm. You're going to love it, man. It doesn't have that funky flavor sometimes with these other lip balms. I'm telling you, you're going to, and it does great work. I'll be using it over the next couple days because I know sometimes when I have to go outside, actually where I'm staying, I'm going to have to walk a couple blocks before I get to 
the buildings in downtown and all that. I think like three blocks away I am from the first bridge. So I'm going to have to deal with the elements a little bit. And I'm sure I'm going to be using my Manuka Honey lip balm from Nature Bee. And go to the Nature Bee website. You'll see a lot of things there. The wrinkle cream my wife loves. There's all kinds of different products that they have. They have the cough drops, which are absolutely awesome, dude. Wow, a little spicy, but man, they are awesome. Go check it out for yourself. Go to naturebee.com slash big O and take advantage of this 100-day supply for only 85 cents a day, $85 plus the free Manuka Honey Lip Balm. All right, Big O, are you comfortable with Shell staying at Right Tackle? Yeah, I like what he did last year. I mean, if you can find somebody better, I'm not going to complain, my friend. But I was extremely happy with Brandon Shell, weren't you? I think all of us as Dolphin fans, we should be very happy with what Brandon Shell did overall. What sucked was bad luck. The dude gets injured for the stinking playoff game. I, I don't care what anybody tells me, dude. I refuse to listen to these negative people that just want to get clickbait or they're on TV or something trying to get, you know, views or whatever. The Dolphins this year was all about bad luck. This was a heck of a team. I'm not telling you they were going to beat Kansas City and win the Super Bowl or all that, but, man, they could have made some noise in the playoffs. You saw what they did with Buffalo. Buffalo barely beat. Uh, 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 an injury-riddled team with their third-string quarterback. And if it wasn't for the coach, which I'm going to talk to Skyler about that, that does he still think about fourth and one? Because I got to tell you something. Fourth and one for me will always be Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic getting injured in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like the what if. I got to live with that what if because the Heat were playing lights out at that moment. Confidence was soaring. They could have beaten the the Lakers that year if it wasn't for those injuries. I'm not saying they would have, but they could have. Hell, they took them to six games with the injuries. I mean, they were beating everybody else. Why couldn't they beat that team? Hell yeah. And that fourth and one, you convert it. I just get a feeling the Dolphins are going to win that game. They could have. And, and I, I got to live with that. For the rest of my life, I got to live with that. As a, You know, it's a, it's a, the Ohio State-UM game, right? It's like I got to live with this terrible referee that I – come on, man. They could have won another title, you know? I got to live with Jimmy Johnson allowing Vinny Testerary to continue to pass the ball and throw interception after interception. One, one of the dumbest coaching decisions I have ever seen in the history of football. Pete Carroll, it, I mean, uh, uh, Pete Carroll's number one with, uh, with Marshawn Lynch, but Jimmy Johnson's a close second by allowing Vinny Testerary to continue to pass in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that is about the dumbest coaching I've ever seen in my life. You saw his stupid ass throw four interceptions a year before in the Sugar Bowl. You're, you're going to continue to let him throw five interceptions in the Fiesta Bowl and piss away your title. Wow. 
That is some stupid-ass coaching, Jimmy Johnson. Holy shit, that is some stupid-ass coaching. That's some of the dumbest coaching I've ever seen in my life. That's the shit I got to live with. Dolphins, what was it, three, four fumbles against New England? When they should have gone to the Super Bowl to rematch against the Bears? That's the shit I got to live with. So, fourth and one. It's going to bother me for a long time. Okay. It's going, to, it's going to go on that long list of some other things in South Florida sports history. It's just going to always just eat at me every single time, dude. Sucks. Uh, I'm sure Shell will get a chance to compete. Yes, I think so. I think they'll bring him back and, uh, and give him a chance because he, he did well. He did well enough. I got to say, uh, I'm interested in if Skyler was missing read or actually not enough confidence. Huh? I'm interested in if Skyler was missing read or actually not enough. I don't know what that night. I'm not sure what you're trying to ask me or or you want me to ask Skyler or something. And by the way, if you got a question for Skyler Thompson, you can uh, send them in and I uh, maybe I can ask uh, Scott or two. What you got there, Sean? No, I, I think he might be referring to was he missing reads or he just wasn't confident in some of his throws. I think that's oh. what he's referring to on on that question. I believe that's what it's okay. All right, we'll ask. Uh, we'll ask. We'll ask uh, Skyler. We'll talk about his season. We'll have some fun with him. Uh, what else? Uh, no chance beating the Lakers. Uh, well, I guess you weren't watching what I was watching. Uh, I definitely bring Shell back, but might prefer a chance to be a starter somewhere else. Why? Why would he prefer to be a starter somewhere else? I don't don't know why. Why would you say that? And where? Why? I'm not sure. This is a pretty damn good team. Florida, Miami, yeah. But you're probably just a hater. That's all. Big O, yes, perhaps they could have won, but in the big picture, losing it may have been even better thing for this team coming, this coming team, just a thought, Al. Uh, losing, you mean for the, for the Dolphins, you mean? Bigo, can you imagine everybody back healthy? It would be like having an extra draft. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And remember, Tyndall, you know, now hopefully this season he takes that step forward and gets on the field. Azukama, you know, can he help out too? That's actually a, a thing. You know, you got all that kind of stuff going on with, with it that maybe you can start getting – you know, the Noah stuff, we're past that already. We don't have to worry about that one already. That, that, that young man, unfortunately, has been given more than enough chances. So he he's had, you know, the, the bonus would be is if Eichenberg or Austin Jackson actually come through. That would be the bonus. That after, you know, a couple of years of the struggles and the injuries and all that, that they find their way, which which is not – that's not something that is impossible to imagine, okay? Linemen a lot of times take a while 
to, you know, turn the corner. So that's that's nothing new. Big go the Marlins making noise this year. Bank on it. No. But, uh, hey, listen, Sandy will be fine. It'll be fun to watch Jazz Chisholm. Um, I like the, the kid they got from Minnesota in the trade. They've got some. They've got some players that will be fun to watch. I still don't think they have enough offense, so I don't think they're making any noise whatsoever. But you can check back with me in July when you figure it out that they don't have enough offense. I'd love to think that about the Marlins, but I'm looking at the overall talent. By the way, did you guys see the kid from the Angels? Okay, not that I was a, you know, I'm, a, I'm some kind of Angels, uh, you know, fan or anything like that. But they've got a kid in the Angels that throws 105 and a half miles per hour. Okay, kid out of Tennessee. His name is Rhett Bollinger. And he was asked about if he can top the 105 and a half miles an hour he threw in college. He says, I think I can get there maybe even a little bit more. Everything feels great. I don't see why not, he responds. And uh, he, they, they talk about him. He's also been adding a new pitch to his arsenal. He says, I've had a sweeping one in the past, so they tried to get more of a harder one. It's more of a cutter action, so I'm throwing that as well. It's a big goal of mine to make it to the majors this year and make an impact as soon as possible. The faster I get up there, the better for me. He was a standout at Tennessee. Last year in one minor league game, he had 20 strikeouts in 13 in 13 innings, only giving up three runs in double-A Rocket City. It's crazy, dude. And so he's talking about the game of baseball and there he goes, that's something I've learned a lot about in professional baseball. We didn't use that much at Tennessee, which was the analytics. So the analytics give him a benefit of having to evolve and all the data uh, at your fingertips, allowing you to fine tune your game more than ever. So Rhett Bollinger for the Angels, 105 and a half miles per hour. Since you brought up a little baseball, it's a story that I was reading this morning, and I'm like, okay, this is one interesting dude. 105. You know what? It was it continuously sucks. Why do the Angels have to get Mike Trout? Why do the Angels have to get Shohei Otani? Why do the Angels have to get Red Bollinger? <laughs> Why are we ruining careers with that stinking team? Okay, Artie Moreno and company clearly can build a winner. They don't know how to do it. So far, Artie Moreno's known for me more than anything was when he took over, he lowered beer prices. That's about the most memorable thing that I've ever heard from the Angels and Artie Moreno. I know there was some, some shady business dealings, allegedly, behind the scenes there, but whatever. Anyway. Just it, it, it's the angels. It's like players go there to like die. Like Mike Trout is one of the two or three best players in the game. And 
he accomplishes nothing because he's with the angels. Chayotani may be the most freakish athlete in the history of baseball. Okay? I know, I know, you know, you can start talking to me about Bo Jackson, start talking to me about Ozzy Smith, and talk to me about all kinds of great athletes that have been in, in, in baseball, but to pitch the way he pitches and to hit the way he hits, yeah, nobody does that. That's freakish. And it's the stinking angels. How screwed up is that? Our number two from the NFL Combine. Remember, Skyler Thompson, quarterback for your Miami Dolphins, will join us at 1230. Sean Stanley, mastering the program. Our number two is next. This podcast replay is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Check out the retail store in Miami Gardens at 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Plenty of cigar gear and a relaxing lounge. This is a Perdomo way. All righty. All right, folks. Um, obviously, we got uh, some breaking news uh, has been reported on Jalen Carter. Uh, an arrest warrant now has been issued for Jalen Carter for the reckless driving and racing. And uh, the report has indicated that the Georgia defensive lineman was present at the teammate's fatal crash and misled police about it. Now comes word from athens Clark County Police Department that it has issued an arrest warrant for Carter for reckless driving and racing as a result of the ongoing investigation into the January 15, 2023 fatal crash that occurred in the 900 block of uh, Barnett Shoals Road. The athens Clark County Police Department has a secured arrest warrants for Jalen Carter, 21, for reckless driving and, racement and racing. The statement reads, the investigation found that Chandler LaCroix, driver of the 21 Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, driver of the 21 Jeep Trackhawk, were operating vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched uh, between lanes, drove in the center lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists driving at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Evidence indicated that shortly before the crash, the expedition was traveling at about 104 miles an hour. The toxicology report that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was at 197 at the time of the crash. 0.08. It's more than double, dude. Okay. Um, racing, reckless driving, speed were significant, contributing to factors to the crash. The case will be given to the solicitor's general office. Carter, a top prospect in the 23 draft, was scheduled to speak to the media Wednesday morning, but did not. He was supposed to do it about 41 minutes ago at 10:30. Both charges are misdemeanors. Georgia offensive lineman Devin Wilcox. And LaCroix, a Georgia recruiting staffer, died in a single car crash. Another football staffer and another football player were injured. Wow. And the staffers, unfortunately, could not stop these guys from racing. Police questioned Carter about whether he was racing the car driven by LaCroix, and Carter denied it. Carter received a citation in September for driving 89 miles per hour in a 45 zone. That is, it, uh, it happens to all of us, right? One decision, bad decision can alter our entire lives. I mean, look at Henry Ruggs. Look at that kid. 
eating shit, speeding in a residential area. He ends up killing a woman and her dog. Those, those two die in a fire, bro. And now you're going to spend forever in jail and you lost your career. You lost everything. When we're young, we make a lot of bad decisions, right? And some of them are incredibly tragic. Jesus. Yeah. And David says, yeah, we've all done stupid stuff. Yeah, man. But wow. uh, the stupid stuff that ends up getting somebody killed, God, that's, 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 well, that is crazy stuff. Uh, Spielmo says, good morning from Bakersfield, California, A. Uh, let's see what else. Who, who is he talking about? Jalen, Jalen Carter, sir, the Georgia defensive line. It's awful. It is terrible. It is bad news. I'm with you on that. But man, that is, uh, that's some rough stuff right there. All right, what else do we want to talk about here in the world of sports? We've got a bunch of things uh, to talk about. And um, the other thing that um, we, we, we kind of filled you in throughout about the Byron Jones stuff. We told you throughout the, the process that he was very particular about how he returns and that they were also at a loss for words on what was going on. And he has not been necessarily, I don't know, upfront about it all. Let's just be honest. And you know, this bullshit he came out with the other day, oh, don't take pills and the, the game, you know, has done damage to me. And I, you know, I can't run and jump right now, but I'm not retiring yet and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it was just seemed like a guy that was making excuses for the bad look because it's a bad look for him. This is all a bad look for, for Byron Jones. Make, make no mistake about any of this. This is as bad as it gets for him because he waited till March to have the surgery. And, you know, now he's talking about all this stuff. We already talked about it, so you can go back and, and listen to my rant. I think it was yesterday or the day before uh, on, uh, I think it was the day before. I think it was Monday. And to me, Byron Jones is full of shit. That's all. Full of shit. That's it. And, and especially when you're trying to warn me about your pills and the damage that the game has done. And it's like, what do you think I am? Stupid, Byron? Maybe you're stupid, but I'm not stupid. Well, you didn't know football was going to do damage to you? Wait, you didn't know the dope you were taking was going to do damage to you? What, are you not very bright or something? You haven't watched what's been going on in football for a few decades now? Seriously? Come on, man. You know? What the hell are you talking about? And he basically talked about how, you know, they asked him if he heard any kind of, you know, complaints or things that he wasn't having. And he said no. It's kind of the first time hearing it from Byron. And let me tell you something. That's how it was throughout the building. And I told you this. I told you that they were frustrated with him. 
And then, oh, no, I feel this, or I tweak this, or I tweak that. And yet, you know, and the guy wasn't even around all the time. That's the other thing that, to me, I found really weird. I mean, you are, you are being paid by them. You are an employee. How are you not around all the time for the rehab? And these are things that I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't know what he was rehabbing and where he was rehabbing and how he was rehabbing. I don't even know if they know. But if you heard McDaniel's answer, he was kind of kept in the dark too. And and he says, I try to keep my ear on the on the on you know on the I'm finding out what's going on with everybody. And yet they were kind of in the dark with everything Byron Jones. And that's Byron Jones' fault that he kept everybody in the dark. But if you want me to have sympathy for you now, no, dude, I'm not having any sympathy for you. You know how I could have had sympathy for you? If you would have talked during the beginning of the year, right in the offseason, right at the end of the preseason, you can't get activated or something, tell people, hey, guys, I'm really hurting right now. Tell people. But the way you're doing it now just makes it kind of seem like it's a PR move that you know the Dolphins are going to release you. Right. So let me plan ahead and let me start planting seeds, you know, so it's you and your agent kind of teaming up here and trying to put yourself in a different light going into the next team. But I, I don't know how that sells when you say I can't run or jump. But wait, I'm not retired yet. Which one is it? You know, so I, I'm, I wasn't surprised. When the, the head coach was talking about, well, yeah, well, we were basically in the dark, too. Big O, I know people think Miami might bring in a legitimate backup, but I have a feeling that the competition that Mike was speaking of is a camp body, mid-low-end talent to challenge for backup. Yeah. Yeah. What's a, what's a legit backup? What are you talking about? What else would they bring in? What do you think, a starter? Who's available that's better than Tua? Who's, who's going to give Tua competition? Derek Carr is not going to give him competition. Aaron Rodgers is the only guy available that you could say, okay, he's better. That's it. The idea is to have the best backup quarterback. You're not going to have a starter sitting there. Plus, Derek Carr is not going to take a job here to be a backup quarterback. And Derek Carr's not going to come here to compete for a job, not that there is any competition. It's Tua's job. Tua outplayed Derek Carr last year. Pretty simple. Okay? Tua had a better year than Derek Carr last year, by far. And Derek Carr's got weapons. He's got a better running game. And he's got a number one wide receiver, just like Miami does. But he also has a number one tight end that Miami does not have. And yeah, Hunter Renfro and got another receiver. Oh, they got Matt Collins. That was a decent receiving core, dude. And yet Tua was better. So not, not sure what you're talking about, but of course it's a backup. Anybody that thinks you're gonna bring anybody in for to compete with Tua again, you're the same idiot that thought Teddy Bridgewater was gonna take the job from Tua. Because you don't watch football. 
I wonder how many people are going to still admit to this day that they thought Teddy was a better quarterback than Tua. Because I know there's a couple hundred people on the chat. I know some of you were in that group. So I don't, I don't know how many of you are going to admit that stupidity. But, you know, I would hope uh, you at least be honest enough to admit the stupidity. Because clearly you were lazy. You don't watch the games. Oh, been thinking of the potential backups we could sign. I've realized they're all bums. They're not bums. I mean, I, I think bringing Gardner Minshew in is not a bum. I think Taylor Henneke is not a bum. I don't think uh, Andy Dalton's a bum for backup quarterbacks. Those are pretty good backup quarterbacks. You're not bringing, you're not bringing, nobody's getting a starter to come in here. But those guys, I wouldn't mind. I really, I think Carter Minshew in this system would be really good. I think that would help out. I think it would be a nice backup. It would be great competition with Skyler. You know, I'm excited to see what Skyler can do this year. Because once you get that one year under your belt and the confidence and all of that, then you hope you kind of grow from that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I hope that happens for some of the other young players, too, that you got last year and the year before. So we'll see. Brian says, it was me, Big O. I always had a man crush on Teddy Two Fingers. Why? Why? I get that he's a nice guy, great young man. Great, great young man. I get it, but the talent was never there, ever. At no point in his career was the talent ever there. He's always been kind of, you know, limited. Never understood that. He was a guy that at, at the NFL level was going to always be a game manager at best. At best. He's never going to be a franchise guy. I don't know. I, that one I don't understand. But, Brian, love you for that because I say stupid shit too. Man. You got you to gotta live up to it. You got to say, you know what? That was dumb. And I do it all the time. You know what I love? Sometimes when somebody gets all insulted because it's, oh, that was, that was, you're an idiot. You're a moron or whatever. It's like, oh, you got to insult me. I'm like, dude, I insult myself all the time. What's wrong with you? Who cares? You know, it's a big deal. Don't get so emotional. Don't be, oh, my God, you insult. People are so sensitive nowadays. We're not the show for you to be sensitive. If you're sensitive, this is the wrong show for you, man. Wrong show. Uh, big old, a little off topic. Isn't this year Garfinkel can bring? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Now, he would have announced it already. I think it's going to happen. I'm, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. When that's the part I don't know. That's the part I, I'm not exactly sure what the what the rules are. I think I I was told something along along the lines that you have to have the logo between seven and ten years, and then during that time you can then you know request but then it takes a couple of years for that process to then be approved and then you can do it again so i'm not exactly sure what the timeline is but i think garfinkel who i mean dude that guy's like impeccable when it comes to the business side of the dolphins 
Jesus Christ, Tom Garfinkel's at another level. What they've done in that stadium and everything else that he does, he just does a great job, you know. And I remember when he was on with us, he uh, made sure to mention, yeah, no, that was done before I was here. <laughs> so the the um, the whale logo has nothing to do with Garfield, <laughs> which is awesome. You know. Uh, by the way, EJD Construction is a proud sponsor of our program. We love talking about EJD Construction. Eric and uh, and and his company are just absolutely amazing. Dade Broward only, okay? Not Palm Beach, just Dade and Broward County. They got a lot of business. They've been taking care of a lot. And, and thanks to some of our listeners out there, you've been calling EJD Construction. If you need custom home construction, major home remodeling, been telling you about some of our listeners and some of the things they're doing. And if you need to modernize that kitchen, if you need to add an addition to your home, if you want to add a second floor to your home, none of our listeners have done that. They've added an addition. They added a couple of rooms. They added a, a observation deck. I remember you telling me that. He had the, 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 the do with the hut in the kitchen and the barbecue grease trap in the back. Um, but no, nobody's added a, an entire second floor. That, that's a, that's a, but that's the kind of jobs they do. Custom home construction, major home remodeling, fully insured, liability and workers comp. So everybody that walks onto your property, your home, your business, they're fully insured. And if they get injured, they're not suing you. 305-433-4843. That is the owner's personal cell number. So you can call Eric if you've got some work to do. And then the other thing that we've got listeners now calling in is they've got to up, update their roofs because they're, they're trying to renew their policies and they're saying, yeah, no, you're not up to the code right now. In order for us to approve your, your policy, you need to bring your roof up to code and they can get you up to code. If your roof is over 20 years old, I believe it now becomes a problem for the insurance companies and living in South Florida. Yeah, we need hurricane coverage. So reach out to them, 305 433 4843, go to the website, ejdconstruction.com. Uh, oh, you know, why wouldn't they? Do they have a, a sure thing at QB right now? They would have four years of control. Why wouldn't do they have a – they do have a sure thing at QB right now as a player. His, his issue is just health. Um. Let's see. That would be so awesome, man. We look sleek and clean in those uniforms, and we play better. Would be nice. I can't wait for them to change him back. They will. Eventually, they'll have – I'm sure they're also doing their own designs on how to tweak it because that's kind of what they'll do in order to – in order for it to be a successful marketing campaign, you have to put your own twist on it so it's a little different than the classic logo – but it's still playing off the classic logo like they did in the mid-90s that they made the dolphin a little meaner. You remember that? And by the way, I had no problem with the dolphins of the mid-90s. I had no problem with the with the, the tweaks of the logo back then. I thought it was cool. I can live with that. Uh, this whale shit that they've got going on now. Yeah, I, I, I can't live with that. Uh, that's unacceptable in my book. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. 
Uh, what else do we have here on the show? Minshew and Tua would make for an interesting QB room. Couldn't have two more different personalities. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Knight says, I'm talking about guys cheaper than Dalton and Minshew. I'm talking about got a guy like a kid like we had in 2020 that everyone thought would take to his job. Nah, no, you got to get somebody better than that. You need to bring in like a Dalton or a Minchu or a Taylor Henneke or something, something like that. I think that's what you need here as a backup. And that also raises Skyler's level of play too. And, and remember, I, I, the, the, it's, it's about giving Skyler the competition and give Skyler the opportunity to win that number two job. That's what you want to do. Because then you're not you're not doing a service to Skyler if you're not giving him a chance to grow. If you go into the offseason, into this this offseason next year, and you say, Yeah, Skyler, we've got the plan for you. You're the number three guy. And it, you're and you're Skyler, you're sitting there going, Well, wait a minute, bro. I I think I can be a starter in this league. Whether he's ready or not, whatever, but he'd like to like compete to be the number two so he can work his way to being a number one. You know what I'm saying? Just like Assistant coaches, some of them are trying to become head coaches. So they really want to fight to become that coordinator because that gets you a step closer to becoming that head coach. So if you're Skyler, you just want an opportunity to compete for that number two job. And I think that's kind of what McDaniel was talking about is, okay, he's not going to go unchallenged. We're going to bring in some competition, and that's the right thing to do. Give Skyler an opportunity to better himself. That's what I think is is really, really important. One more thing on the fifth-year option that I forgot to mention before. They already know what they're going to do. Let's not kid ourselves. They don't need extra time to think. They don't need extra time to research. They've been doing that already for months. They've made their decision. They know what they're doing. They've moved on to all other issues that they've got to try to fix. Okay, so let's let's stop the BS here. They they have till May 1st. There's no hurry. So time is on their side. Might as well let it ride out and you just never know what happens down the line. Let me see what we got here. By the way, at noon, Matt Verderam will be joining us. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Matt at noon, and then at twelve thirty, we'll talk to uh, Skyler Thompson. Uh, do me a favor, give me two minutes here. Let me take a really quick break here. Rest of voice, two minutes back. Uh, you got any questions? Load them in. You want to make a donation? Cash app or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show on Cash App or Venmo. Sean Stanley, drive it, the Big O Radio Show. I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield home security system guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield security system and doorbell camera, all professionally installed, for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield.
If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanware and Davy. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davy, And open 24-7 online at Caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for ejdconstruction.com When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family owned and operated, they offer free 30-day storage, full service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. There's no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Welcome to Red Light Therapy, a revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train, fight, recover. Guests or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media group, ink ownership, management, sponsors, or website. We're back with our coverage of the NFL Draft. It's the EJDConstruction.com off-season NFL Draft Tour, presented by SportsGrill.com. Your home for the NFL Draft, and a perfect place to root on your favorite South Florida team. 
With eight great locations in South Florida, go to sportsgrill.com to find the nearest location to you. All right, so apparently uh, we are uh, now learning that it's jujitsu, not judo, which is kind of the same shit. They kind of come from the same schools. And you got to understand this when it comes to Tua. Take it from a guy that took judo. It's not about him fighting. Okay, so then that's where some of the differences will come. But when it comes to falling, when it comes to balance and those kind of things, that's there's a lot of similarities in judo and ju- and jujitsu because they kind of come from the same tree. You know what I'm saying? So it's not um, – it's we're getting you know caught up in all the semantics of it all because he's really not doing the fighting stuff which some of those things there might be some differences you know what i mean and so that's why in a way it's a little different because in judo there's you know it, you, you almost start from the beginning by with, with with grabbing each other it's not like in karate and other things where you're separate and you're attacking each other in judo there's you're you're already on top of each other usually, you know. So um, it, it's not about the fighting. Okay, that's the part that we got to kind of you know has nothing to do with that. It's about falling in balance, is what it has to do with, and that's those those arts teach you that because the idea is how can you defend yourself if you don't know how to fall? Because if you know how to fall, then you know how to get up again like that. You ever notice the guy that knows how to slide and the guy that doesn't know how to slide? You ever seen the guy that knows how to slide, slides right onto the base and then uses the base's leverage to get right back up again? Then the guy that doesn't know how to slide, slides into the base all over and then has got to kind of like pick himself up and dust himself off and all that. Oh, huge difference. You know what I'm saying? And there, because there's a, there's a, a, um, a technique to it all. And that's kind of what it is. And as a guy that took judo, I know because I still, I still carry that technique with me. Okay, and I've used it several times throughout my life. When I've had a fall, I kind of know how to fall and break my fall, and I'm able to back again. And that's kind of the difference. And so hopefully that will help him out too. You see it a lot of times with some of the quarterbacks that aren't baseball players or have never played baseball. It's today's athlete is completely different, man. You know, the, the, the athlete from, I'm going to say 30, 40, 50 years ago, they were more well-rounded. Whereas today's athlete, they're raised in playing the only sport that they're aiming at. And that's what, that's all they play. Whereas the rest of us kind of grew up in a way that we we changed with the seasons. And and we were playing baseball and baseball was being played. And we were playing basketball and basketball was being played. Up north, I'm sure you guys were playing hockey when it was being played. Not for us down here. But it was football, baseball, and basketball. That's kind of the, the seasons we were following, too, in the process. Big O, would you ride with last year's backs, Mostert and Wilson, or sign another free agent and draft to him, maybe uh, Kareem Hunt. I would ride with Mostert and Wilson. Again, it was more about luck and more about the linemen. Uh, Chris Greer asked about Robert Hunt playing tackle, and he, and he said, yes, he could play tackle, 
but he sees him as a guard, a, a guy that can play guard and be a special player at that position. So it looks like the right tackle position will still be one that they're either going to fill with Brandon Shell or look look to somebody else to replace him. Um, Tua's not afraid to extend. Uh, I mean, Rears not scared to extend to a goat. Yes, he's not. He's not as worried about the injuries as some of you are out there. He, he, he feels like uh, he has overcome all his injuries. We'll see. I'm a black belt, and most of the types of fighting, ironically, their purpose is usually not to fight. It's more about learning discipline and controlling your balance. He's right. He's right. He's actually a, a thousand percent right. Oh, is Mario a slave driver? Why are so many of the assistants leaving? Assistants leave all the time, bro. It's kind of part of it. Like, like, uh, like, um, what was it? Manny said yesterday, like FSU just lost their defensive coordinator to the NFL. What are you going to do? You know, happens, man. And here's the other thing, guys, and ladies and gentlemen out there, we have to say, um, Let's let's be realistic now, okay? And I'm going to give you a a an average, you know, look at all of this. So you walk in, you bought this restaurant now. You're the new owner. So you make a couple of changes. Do you think you're going to make all the right changes, or do you think you're going to have to continue to make some changes and tweaks? The latter, right? This is what happens. What brand new coach takes over, names his assistants, and they're all there for years to come? None. More often than not, 99% of the time, I'm sure there's an outlier somewhere, but 99% of the time, any coach that puts together his initial staff is going to have to make multiple changes. And changes are going to come anyway because you're going to have to fire people. People are going to underperform. People are going to leave for better jobs. But overall, you're not going to be happy with the group that you hired. At the moment, you will be. But as the year goes on, you're going to notice, yeah, no, this doesn't fit. Yeah, what this person does, he's a good coach, but no, it doesn't fit with what we do. No, this guy's a bad coach. I did not really see this coming. So it's part of it. Mario just took over last year. And you brought in a bunch of names. And it wasn't like that he knew all of these people and worked with all of them. In fact, he hadn't worked with most of them. And this is what happens. And it doesn't matter if it's a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're a, a football, a basketball, a hockey coach, whatever. You're not going to be happy with the people you either inherited or hired initially. You will then tweak that and tweak that and tweak that to the point that you get what you like. So coaches leaving Mario, it's not because he's a slave driver. Let's, let's not punish hard work. I know this world is lazy. I get it. I know it. Athletes are worried about load management. Employees are emotional as hell. You can't tell them anything because they get insulted and they're gone and all that. But there's still something to be said about work ethic. 
and the people that have it, I'm not going to use it against them. Okay. If somebody's willing to outwork you and you want to look at that as a negative, well, then the problem is you, not me. So I'm not going to use, I know Mario's a hard worker. I know he's a slave driver. And what? Oh, Byron Jones, I'm sorry. You didn't know pills and football were bad for you. Okay, so you're working for Mario and you didn't know he was a slave driver. You didn't know, it's not that. You worked for Mario and you didn't know that you were going to have to bust your ass? So working for Belichick is gravy? Working for Saban will be cake? Okay. So let's not... Uh, what I'm going to do is, if anybody left because Mario's a hard worker, then you're the problem. But I don't think that's the case. I think some people are getting jobs that they want, they're getting promoted, whatever it is. You know, Charlie Strong felt like he should have been the D coordinator. I don't blame him. Slave driver, the reference this generation uses when work is involved. The future is bright. Agree. It makes it makes no sense. You need a running back. You need a linebacker. You need another safety. You need linemen. Okay. And they'll get that. Uh, let's see. What else? Carter from Georgia has an arrest. Yes, we uh, we know. And he didn't talk here at the Combine. King Short says, yeah, I told my girl she got to tighten up and work on that load management. <laughs> uh, you guys are a trip. What is going on in the markets today? Crypto's up 1%, 23,700. How about the markets? Where are the markets at? The Dow, the Dow is up 28 points. Uh, the S&P is down 13. The NASDAQ is down a third of a point, so not by much. So light day on the markets. Nothing earth-shattering and nothing great going on either way. That's fine. Any, uh, any specialness going on? in the market let's see what's let me see let me see let me see for those of you out there oh here it is there we go so who is up in the crypto bubbles hex is up 12 percent makers up 16 percent agix is up 10.5%. So you got a couple of movers and shakers right now in uh, in crypto. Uh, my biggest 40-year Indiana Dolphin fan, uh, biggest 40-year Indiana Dolphin fan here. Can't wait to meet the big O tomorrow. Hope you're enjoying our city. Yes. Oh, by the way, um, let's, let's meet at, it's Champions, right? I think it's called, if I'm correct. Let me see, just to make sure. I want to say. 
Um, let's see. Oh, no, that one's closed. That one is closed. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. I thought I thought champions. See, I didn't. I haven't walked around the city yet. Um, God. Well, I'm gonna have to say it tomorrow then, because I have to go check it out today where we're gonna meet. Because I don't want to do it like at a regular restaurant. I want to meet at, at some kind of a sports bar, right there in the circle, like right not the well not not Monument Circle. But where the um, where the PF Chang's is, whatever that corner is, right around there. There's, I know there's a sports bar right there, man. But Champions is closed. There's another one. Gonna have to help me out now. And uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out today. I'll figure it out, and I'll get it done. And I will mention it. I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out and everything. Uh, glue glass, and we'll meet tomorrow at five thirty. Okay, we'll do it at 5.30 tomorrow. Kilroy's? Where's Kilroy's is at? Oh, Kilroy's is, yes. I love Kilroy's. That's the place that has the, um, the yes, let's meet there, the Irish pub, Kilroy's. That's a good one. They got all the freaking TVs. Uh, they've got the garlic bread stuffed with cheese and pepperoni. That is off the chain. That's a great call, Blue Glass. Kilroy's. That's it. 5.30 tomorrow, Kilroy's. Okay? Because that right there, they uh, the Panthers will play the Predators at 7. So we can meet at 5.30, hang out, and then it'll lead us into the Panthers game. And I'm sure Poopart will show up for the Panthers game. So we'll tell Poopart to show up also. And he'll get there. So those of you will be also, you'll also be able to meet Alan Poopart. So there you go. If you live here in the Indiana area and you work, we're going to meet at Kilroy's at 530. I know exactly where that place is at. I love that place. It's just a block down from the arena, actually. And I haven't even checked if the Pacers are playing to go to a game. See the Pacers? I don't know. And who knows? Who, who? I know the Heat isn't in town. That's for sure. That's never happened, I think. Or maybe I think it did happen once. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it does. No, I don't think so. I think it's usually uh, one of those things where um, they're, they're sometimes I even. Sometimes the Pacers aren't even home when uh, when the combine is going on. One year, Brandon Brandon Rodriguez was my producer, and we came out to a game, and um, it was the Warriors and the Pacers, and and Jeremy Lin was on the Pacers, uh, was on the uh, Warriors. This is before he went to the Knicks, actually. Pacers are at the Spurs on Thursday. So I'm screwed. And then Friday, unless they come home and they're Friday here, and they are not. So no basketball games for me uh, while I'm here. How about that? And, and Glue Glass, that was a good call, Kilroy's. That's an excellent bar. I love that bar. We should have a Kilroy's in South Florida. We need that. 
True Fin Fan says, now I'm jealous. You're going to be meeting with the fans while I'm here getting slave driven in Miami at work. Well, wait a minute, True Fin Fan. I make all kinds of appearances in Miami all the time. We are at Craig's Inn twice a month. You can come by there. Okay. You can see, you, 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 we've met before at, at, uh, at walk-ons, right? So you can, you, you know, there's other places we can uh, hang out, you know? We, KSDT, you can't meet me there. Although you probably could meet me outside when I walk out of the building. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really hard to find, actually. I'm pretty, pretty damn easy to find. I'm at Kane. We'll be at Canesware next Friday, by the way, the 10th. We'll be there in Davie. Uh, I mean, we're, we're all over the place, dude. Hylia Park every Thursday, you know? So come on out, man. Join us. Uh, let's see. Sign Josh Jacobs to get that bounty off to his back. Uh, Blue Glass says, I'm so stoked for this. Thank you. Thank you to see you and Poopart. I hope you are cool in person as you are on YouTube. I'm the same dude in person. Same dude. I don't change at all. Ask anybody that's met me. They know I'm the same freaking person here, in person, whatever. It, it, this is who I am. I'm not going to change. You know what I mean? I didn't want to change for radio either. You know? I'm not the guy that's going to be uh, your, your your company lapdog. Uh, big O, cool as the other side of the pillow, says King Short. Thank you. Josh says, "Ooh, are you doing Sports Grill next season?" I we have not we have not nailed a home for the Dolphins yet. We are working on that. Okay, uh, we we hope to uh, to uh, have a home for the Dolphins. It was weird. We had a, a home for the Canes this season. We didn't have a home for the Dolphins, and that was the weirdest thing. And I thought for sure, you know, somebody would step up. And it was uh, it was kind of odd for that, considering the traffic that we get for that for for the Dolphins. It's nobody gets that kind of traffic that we get. So it's just one of those things, and it's kind of it was odd. It was really really odd. But I expect to have a home for the Dolphins locked up, and uh, somebody's going to step up. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. I'm talking to a few people already. Uh, about it we're talking about the which we're, we're trying to nail down also for the nfl draft to a home so we're talking to a couple of places also for the nfl draft but it'll it'll happen it'll happen well, steven says yes indeed big o will never change yeah no it's that's who i am bro no reason to change to be quite honest uh what else do we have going on DeAndre Hopkins might become a free agent. Now, did you hear the story behind all of this now? Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins, obviously one of the better receivers in the NFL. Everybody knows that. D-Hop is absolutely phenomenal. Got great range. Can catch with one hand as good as anybody out there. Uh, just a terrific wide receiver. But we all know everything's gone sour in Arizona and Things are bad, and Kyler Murray is going to be out for easily half the season next year, coming back from, from his injury. So Ben Albright was quoted in a podcast that KC 
is the front runner for DeAndre Hopkins. So think about this. They had their cap issues this year that they couldn't go out and spend. So they had to, you know, count on the draft and they were able to, their secondary, their young secondary held up good enough to, to win the Super Bowl. And they might be able to adjust their salary cap a little bit and take on a little salary next year. And they don't have a number one wide receiver. Can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins going to Kansas City and joining Pat Mahomes? So all of a sudden now you got Kelsey and D-Hop. And then those other receivers, believe it or not, they become even better. Because what are you going to focus in on? The two monsters, which should open it up for everybody else. So that's the good thing. I'm not saying everybody, all these guys are going to come back for next year. You know, maybe they're going to part ways with some of them. But whoever stays is going to benefit. And remember, they got the Florida kid that they uh, traded from with the, with the Giants. If he turns the corner and you got him and D-Hop along with Travis Kelsey, oh, God. That is dangerous. That is super dangerous. And Hunt was quoted, and we, I talked about this with Matt Verter, in which we're going to talk to him in, at the top of the hour here. Uh, Hunt was quoted as saying, when you, have, when you have Mahomes, you have to go for it every year. Trading for a DeAndre Hopkins is exactly that, going for it all again. And remember, this is a team that lost the Super Bowl because their offensive line wasn't, you know, was bad that year and Mahomes got killed and they couldn't, they couldn't win that game. And they could have had another Super Bowl title on top of all of that. But if you get DeAndre Hopkins, and most of your guys are coming back, especially the key guys, how are you not favoring the Kansas City Chiefs once again for the Super Bowl? Wow, that is one hell of a story. And what a shame that the, that the Kyler Murray thing has not worked out, you know, for maturity issues or whatever. And now the poor kid suffered an injury. But um, – what a shame because he has he has the qualities you need to be a passer at this level. But you, you gotta be mature enough and you gotta be dedicated enough. You gotta have Mario Cristobal's work ethic. <laughs> it's not that he's a slave driver, it's that he works. There's nothing wrong with that, man. I don't find anything uh difficult with hard work, you know. Although Sean and I found it hard to find those kind of people at times the last couple of years doing some of the stuff that we were doing. Oh, man. Characters I ran into the last couple of years. Oh, God. Some of them. There's a reason why they're popping and bopping all over in one job after another. There's a reason. Uh, Brian says, hey, Big O, I know that we don't have a first-round pick, but there's only 31 first-round picks. Yeah, because ours was eliminated. Right. And they eliminated a third-round pick. Now there'll be compensatory picks, so they'll go over the 31. But, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They eliminated. We, we lost out on a first and a third. 
All right, let's take a break. Hour number three is next. Matt Verderam. We step into the huddle with Matt next. This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. All right, we stepping into the Red Recover huddle here with my man, Matt. Where are you at in Indy? You're here, right? I'm, uh, I'm in. Uh, yes, I've been here since Monday. I am in the uh, Hilton Garden Inn over in the uh, Circle in Indianapolis. Okay. All right, all right, good. I'm close. You're in the Monument Circle? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm like two blocks away from you, actually. Oh, that's my, my Airbnb. My we could have done this. Uh, we could have done this in uh, one screen. Yes, we could have actually. Yeah, we could have because my my room is not a mess yet, or my house is not a mess yet. It's actually a pretty nice condo, and, and it's pretty nice, and can't complain. Airbnb is the way to go, bro. God, it is just much more comfortable uh, when you get the Airbnb. Although you're probably getting the points, right? Is that is that what you're doing? I am getting the points. Yes. <laughs> There's a method to the madness. Yes, sir. Make, make, make them pay, and I get the points. You right. know, you, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't win. You can't lose with that one. Beautiful. Um, I, I, I spoke to you, whether it was last week or the week before. No, I think it was maybe last week. And I told you your guy, Hunt, said that every year you've got Mahomes, you've got to go for it. Yes, so here's my guy, Ben Albright, uh, uh, on a freaking podcast. And they're talking about the mess in Phoenix and that D-Hop is going to get released uh, or traded. You know, right. something's right. going to happen. And that Kansas City is the number one destination for D-Hop. And I'm thinking... Here's Hunt again, and here's like, and, and and basically this is what they were missing. By the way, they're kind of missing that number one wide receiver. Yeah, but can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey? Okay, and let me tell you something. I still think the Florida kid can be special as hell. I think that's oh. going to be a steal of a move when it's all said and done for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I think he has number one potential on him. If if that kid screws his head on right and stays away from the injuries, right? The injuries have That's kind of been, yeah. Kind of, but you see the flashes there. I'm just saying, dude. That's ridiculous. If they get D Hop, wow. Uh yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, he's got a two year, thirty four million dollar deal, and none of it's guaranteed at this juncture. So for the Chiefs, he'd make two one year deals, and uh, they have more than enough draft picks. They have eleven or twelve picks. So they have they have enough picks to do whatever they want. I think look, if the Chiefs go out and get him, it's kind of like when they I mean, he's look, he's not Tyree Kill at the structure of his career, but it's it's the same idea of it's still number one, right? Number you, one. You, exactly, right. It's the same idea that you can't just double Kelsey and say beat us anywhere else. Okay, well we will beat you somewhere else if you're the Chiefs, right? You're sitting there going, all right, fine. You know, we'll have, we'll throw to Hopkins. Um, now they won the Super Bowl even without that guy on the outside. It didn't it didn't stop them doing that but um they are willing to make big moves and spend money they don't care they are they are able to do that because of the ownership but also i always equate brett beach he's a big game hunter they don't hunt small like when they go out and they want to make a move they typically they try to make a big move i mean that's just what if you think about what they've done in the past orlando brown big trade frank clark big trade 
Sammy Watkins, well, when they signed him, was a big right. signing. Okay. Right. Um, the, Anthony Hitchens at the time was one of the richest contracts for a linebacker ever. Now, you could argue that, that they overpaid for him, but they, they went out and they made a big move there. Um, we'll see about Tony, how that plays out. But they they believe in going out, you know, to get Mahomes. They had to trade up. They made a huge move up from 27 to 10 to get him. Like, Veach believes in if there's a guy you want, if there's a need to be filled, go get the best guy. Like, they did that with Joe Tooney. They paid him a record-setting deal for a guard. Like, they they don't believe in half measures and piecemealing. They believe in you go get the guy, period. And this Tyron Matthew, another example. Um, and it has obviously served them very well. Um, but Hopkins on that team would be oh my God. Uh, good luck. I, no, I not only that, not only that, the guys you won with this year become that much better. Right. Because now everybody, every, now they're slotting down in the depth. Because now you got to worry about the two monsters. Yes. You got to worry about Hopkins and you got to worry about Kelsey. The, your entire defenses will be focused on that. You know what I mean? And by the way, they also didn't have really a, a dominating running game either. They had a serviceable running game. If Pacheco takes that next step too yeah. next year, oh my God, you know, because you know Pacheco's a man next year. Like they're not screwing around with that, I'm sure. No. Well, it was funny. So um, one of my, my friends in the business, Nate Taylor, who does great work, who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, he, he reported um, that they're, they're unlikely to pick up the fifth-year option in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, because they watched Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> so I say Pacheco, they're like, we don't need the fifth-year option on Clyde edwards If they could trade him right now for a seventh-round pick, they'd do it. You, just, mean, they, said, you they, just said it, dude. They have 11 picks. They can go get another young back. Well, the, this no, is not no, a league. This is not a league where you give a running back a second contract unless he's a monster, right? And Edwards-Alaire has been, unfortunately for him, hurt. And when he's been on the field, he's been okay. But like you're not going out of your mind to sign him. And Pacheco's just a much better player. I mean, at this yeah. point, Pacheco's a much better player. And on top of that, it's you know the one thing that Edwards-Alaire doesn't do that really hurts him. He doesn't block. And McKinnon blocks. And so that the, the McKinnon's way more valuable to them than Clyde Edwards Alaris. So I think they'll just bring him back. But the point being, no, listen, that offense, yeah, they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they they now create a problem where they could go even if they don't bring back Juju Smith Schuster, which if they trade for Hopkins, I think they would, you could then go three wide with got with you know Hopkins, Tony, and either MVS or Sky Moore, um, and then have Kelsey and Pacheco on the field with them. So you do a lot of things. I mean, they have uh, – they're not hurting for talent. Let's put it that way. And if they add DeAndre Hopkins, who had 700 some odd yards this year, and I think it was 10 or 11 games, and half those games he didn't even play with Kyler Murray, uh, he he still has it. He can still play at an elite level, and, and whoever gets him is going to get a hell of a player. Uh, Jalen Carter, brother. Yeah. Holy crap. Not good. Yeah, no, I know he was supposed to talk at 1030, and obviously – I'm sure his agent said, uh, get away from that podium. <laughs> uh, you went home. Yeah, no. Uh, what the hell is going on here, dude? Because this is this is one that uh, teams aren't going to touch now. 
you know, on one end, they're like, look, from a football perspective, the two misdemeanors, and although somebody, you know, two people tragically died in this, he didn't like directly, in, you know, he wasn't directly involved in the sense of, you know, it wasn't like with, with Henry Ruggs, where right. Henry Ruggs was directly involved in, in that poor woman's passing. But <laughs> he contributed. Exactly. You're racing with somebody at well into the wee hours of the morning. That person is almost, in fact, actually is more than double the double. legal limit. Okay. Uh, 0.19. And two people lose their lives in this. The, the Georgia staffer who was behind the wheel and then, and then a player who was, who was involved as, as, a, as a passenger as well, an offensive lineman. Um, and then on top of that, and I think this is very notable, in September, at least according to Pro Football Talk, the article I read, he got a citation for going 89 and a 45. Right. So this is a this is a pattern of just ridiculous decision making. And now, of course, the most recent thing tragically results in two people losing their lives. And if you're an NFL team, are you taking a top five pick and using it on Jalen Carter right now? Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you square that? How do you square that? And look, look, this shouldn't matter, but it matters. He's not a quarterback. He's not. He's not a, a premium position player. He's a D tackle. And I know people say that shouldn't factor in. This is the NFL. All of it factors in. From a football perspective, it matters that he's not a premium position player. But I think even if he was, even if he was, something that that is this bad and, and involved in something so tragic and so serious, I think every team is going to pause and say, okay, until we figure out exactly what went down and exactly who you are, and we can figure out everything that went on in Georgia for all those years, we got we to gotta press pause here. And, I, and that, that is not the place you want to be on March 1st of the draft process if you're Jalen Carter. No, no. I mean, this is – wow, it's a scary situation. And Yeah. And the worst part, you know, he kind of made it worse by lying and all that. So then you also know that he cannot be trusted because he's not even going to be accountable. And that's another characteristic that you have to question with him. There's lying, there's deceiving. There's a lot of character issues going on, you know, with Jalen Carter. And again, you, you, you contributed to to two people yes. dying in yes. all of this you were so, involved in the crash in, in an indirect way if you want to say that yeah no i mean yeah it's you were kind of part of it if, if you decide not to race right there's right. a good chance everybody's living you know what i'm saying and so and like you just said the the other infraction kind of shows okay this guy has a pattern of making you know bad decisions yes. and then when it you know and by the way the pr side of it is a mess that, for, for any team now at this point. I just finished doing my podcast, and I said, if you're a team that picks him, instead of being able to go up to the podium afterwards and go, we got Jalen Carter. Now it's like, okay, how do we approach this? How do we present him to the media, to the fan base? What do we do? That's not the place you want to be in No, if you're an NFL team. Okay, now, I'm not dumb. I've been around this league long enough. He is an incredibly talented player, and – if nothing more comes out, you and I both know he's still he's still going to get drafted fairly high. Some team's going to take him because some team is going to say, look, he has an all-pro level talent, and we need a D-tackle, 
and we're going to take him and we'll deal with the PR hit and we'll move on. And that is sounds cold, but that's reality in the NFL. I mean, that something look at what just happened. Okay. And this is totally different situation, but like when Deshaun Watson was being accused by at first a few women and then literally dozens of women. Okay. There was a bidding war to trade for him. Like, it, it, the teams didn't even care what it looked like. It was like, look, we, he's a quarterback. Now, he's a quarterback. As I said earlier, that's why I made the delineation. Like, he's a quarterback. That's different than a defensive tackle. But you're going to still have a team if nothing more comes out and it's two misdemeanors, as awful as the situation is, teams are going to justify it by saying, hey, look, he's learned, he's grown, we're going to help him, so on and so forth. You and I both know that's coming. Oh, yeah. Which team's going to do it? And at what draft position are they going to do it? Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, second round. All right, uh, let's get to this. Um, Byron Jones, speaking of former Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, Byron now wants to tell us that the pills and that football are bad for you. Wow, I, you know, Matt, I, I never knew that. I, I was just enlightened by that. And then he says he can't run and jump, but he's not retired yet. It just sounds to me like a guy making excuses – and trying to play the PR game early on since he knows he's going to get released eventually. And so he's kind of trying to get, I don't know, in some good graces or something like that. But I, I just found it kind of odd. Uh, by now, players don't have to tell us that football is bad for them. And if they took pills or Toradol or whatever, no shit, Sherlock. You're like we all know, dude. I mean, it's it's all out there. Nothing, you know. It's like I've said a hundred times before. You come on, the coal miner's got to know his lungs are not going to be the same ten years down the line. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, the teacher's got to know that her sanity may not be the same twenty years yeah. after teaching. You know what I'm saying? There is damage to be done in anything that you do. You're working a jackhammer every day. Well, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to have some shoulder problems or something. You know what I'm saying? There are sacrifices to be made. You put your life on the line every day as a cop or a fireman. You know, I mean, give me a break, dude. You know, it just, I, I just found it like, you know, I, my, but you're my, my feeling on it is like, look, if that's the case, I feel awful for Byron Jones. At the same point, though, like, then don't take the pills. Then don't, I mean, I mean, you have you have that right. I mean, you don't have to do it. And like, this is not this is not the 1970s where you know guys in baseball were just taking a bunch of greenies and just walking out. You know, like, ah, what the hell, and you grabbed a handful of them. Like you now have as a as an NFL player, really as a professional athlete in this country, like you have so many resources outside of even the locker room. I mean, every, how many players have their own nutritionist and have their own chef? I mean, there are a lot of guys. That, like, they don't go anywhere without a lot of these guys, right? I mean, they there is so much that goes into this. Then, okay, if you're in that much pain, like, I respect the fact you tried to play and everything else, but at the same point, then there, there has to be a level of self-accountability to some degree here. Like, okay, then don't do it. Now, if you want to have the conversation that the NFL shouldn't be able to, you know, you want to, you want to ban some of these things in XCBA agreement. You want to say, hey, look, you can't give a player this, can't give a player that. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm here for that conversation. That's fine. But at the same juncture, like, look, when you go to the NFL, you know what you're signing up for. I mean, that is, the, you're gonna, you're gonna make millions in, in, if you're, if you're a good player. 
you're going to have a pension that lasts you the rest of your life. But it is a cold, calculated business. And it is a business where you're going to leave a pounder to a flesh on the field. You're just going to do it. It is going to happen. And, you know, I've talked – and this is – maybe Byron Jones wouldn't agree with this, and that's fine. I've talked to a lot of players over the years who played in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and I've asked them, how many surgeries have you had? And a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's in numbers in the 20s, okay? Do you deal with pain? Yeah, I deal with pain every day. Do you regret playing? Nope. Do it all over again. 90-plus percent of the guys I've spoken to, I think it's a fair estimate. Which No, I miss it. I wish I could play one more day. I mean, you know, what is the trade that you make for that? So maybe some guys say, hey, look, man, especially guys you know with head issues probably would say it wasn't worth it. Fair enough. But a lot of guys have a shoulder problem, their hip hurts. Would you play again? Yeah, I would play again. I'd do it all again. I wish I could have played one more year. I interviewed Joe Montana at Radio Road Super Bowl. And Joe Montana, I mean, he had, he had a lot of injuries in his career. Right? Back. Serious yeah. injuries, back injuries, all this stuff, elbow injuries. And he told me one of his biggest regrets was he didn't play one more season. <laughs> Joe Montana won four Super Bowls. Right. He was like, yeah, we, we should have won one in Kansas City. I wish I had played one more year. You know, it's like, so, look, I get it, and I feel for Byron Jones, but at the same point, there is a, an understood price that you're going to pay if you go out and you do those types of things. And I feel for him, but I also get that that's reality in the NFL. Just yeah. I mean, dude, you, you could go back and look at North Dallas 40 in the 80s, and some guys are shooting up, and then there's that running back that turns to Nick Nolte and says, oh, man, that's not good for you, that this, that. And then he ends up shooting up, and he ends up blowing out his career at the end of, the, at the end of that movie. Sorry if I ruined a 45-year-old movie for some of you out there. <laughs> but, uh, but my point is, it's like we've known this for decades now. And, like, it's, you know, part of the game, dude. You know you're going to unfortunately sacrifice pieces of your body if you want to play this game, that's just the way it is. And, and listen, I get what they miss, man. It's like it's like being a gladiator. Yeah. You're in that arena and everybody's cheering for you. And then the second it stops, dude, stops. life is you, – you never have that high again. That's something that you cannot match. So I understand these athletes and entertainers when they walk away from that kind of a spotlight because that's what puts you in that spotlight. You were a kid somewhere and you performed somewhere and a couple hundred people cheered for you and you like said, wow, this is super cool. And yep. you turned it into thousands and millions. You know what I mean? The day Messi retires, like, oh my God, how does he replace that? You know, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, when I, the whole world knows who you are and cheering you on or going against you or all that. And then you're, you know, you're 55 years old, quiet in your life, and you'll never be able to replace it. So I know it's a, it's a void, a, a huge void, and I get it. And but part of that void is a sacrifice. You know what? That's it. An athlete once you told me that, you know, in, in our industry, and he was speaking for us, you know, talking about players, said we we die twice in life. We die when we retire, and then we die when we die, and. You know, I mean, there's a, if you go and look, and I don't, I don't want to say the exact rate because I don't have it in front of me, but there's a pretty high like divorce rate for players in the first five years after they leave because guys are just they're depressed. I mean, I mean think yeah. about if you did something your whole life that you were great at, and I don't mean I mean great. You are one of the best in the world. I don't care if you're the worst player in the NFL. You're one of the best players in the world. That's right. And you get to that point, you put all the time in, 
And you know, we always think about the Tom Brady's of the world, but a lot of these guys, they don't get to choose when they retire. It's a short career, man. You you play four years, five years, six years, and you want to keep going, but nobody calls and there's nowhere else to go. And they kind of you they retire you most yes. of the time. Okay. Yes. Most NFL players don't have a teary press conference. Most NFL players, they get retired. They get put out the pasture. And a lot of those guys, like, how do you deal with that? You know, I mean, and, and frankly, and I think I think the NFLPA has done a good job of helping guys over the last 20 years better with this. But a lot of people, you know, they, they finish playing. It's like, what do I do now? What the hell do I do? Like, I, I never thought about, you know, being out of football at 28. And I got to figure out. I think a lot of times you have these people who think to themselves, you know, as fans, like, well, this guy made millions. A lot of guys don't make millions, man. A lot of guys make 550 grand a year. And then guess what? After taxes, they made 300 grand a year. And then they got to pay their agent and they got to pay their nutritionist and they got to pay the, they got to, they got to trainer. Yeah. Trainer. They got to send some money back to their family. Right. Cause maybe they came out of a tough situation. And all of a sudden that 550 grand looks a lot more like 90. Okay. Right. And that doesn't do you a whole hell of a lot of good. When you did it for four years or five years, or maybe you did it for three years and you didn't get a pension. Like the NFL in any professional sport, it is a short time for most guys. And you're right. And you chase that feeling if you're one of these athletes for the rest of your life. Uh, I guess no surprise from McDaniel or Greer. Uh, everybody's expecting the whole Tua decision. And in the end, you know, uh, I, I always have some of our Dolphin guys on too. And Poopar convinced me because I said, oh, give him the fifth-year option. What the hell? Just in case he falls out, you save yourself money. But – whether you give it to him or you don't, you still have control over him with the tag. Right. So you can stretch things out to six years anyways, one way or the other, or you can free yep. yourself. So in the end, this is not really that big of a decision one way or the other because the Dolphins still have total control. Yeah, if you're the Dolphins, look, you're not in a rush to make a decision. I mean, the reality of it is you're not in a rush. Now, do I think they should option, you know, exercise the option? I do, but here's the risk with this. So – a lot of times, for people who are unaware, you exercise that fifth-year option because the only risk as a team you have is it's an injury guarantee. Well, with Tua, that's a big risk. Like, with a lot of guys, you're like, well, we'll just exercise it because then we have control and we can always just cut the guy and we don't have to worry about it as long as he's healthy. If Tua gets that fifth-year option and he gets hurt again, now you've got a big chunk of money sitting on your cap and it's injury guaranteed. So the Dolphins have got to figure it out. I mean, the Dolphins could theoretically take the risk of saying, look, we're going to decline the option. We're going to play out next year. And if Tua plays well, we still got two tags to use on him if need be. Right now, they could also take on the fifth-year option, and then that gives you an extra year of control. But I think if you're Miami, you got to be okay with his health, number one. Number two – do you feel, with everything factored in, his health, his play, everything, do you feel like he's the kind of guy, the kind of player, that you want to sign to a long-term five, six-year contract? Or do you want to just go year to year for the next three or four years and then maybe move on? That That is the question facing Greer right now. And uh, not an easy one, but at least right now, he's the number one rated quarterback. So at least you've got a pretty good quarterback if he can stay healthy. You know, now you've uh, now you got to shore up everything else. 
and and hopefully uh, keep them, you know, uh, keep them upright. All right, tell them about stacking the box, my brother. Uh, hey, listen. So this is actually going to be a little uh, interesting. I just recorded my last stack in the box. I am uh, going to a new job on Monday, uh, which we can talk about on Wednesday. I don't want to. I don't want to step on fansided's toes. But my last day at fansided is on Friday, so I'm going to a new place. Still covering the NFL. I'm going to be doing national coverage. Um, it's what we talked about before, right? It is what we talked about. Yes. Okay, you know, you know, you're in on the seat. I'm happy I'm for you. I'm happy for you. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you. We'll 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 uh, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. But uh, that said, still check out Sack the Box. So that podcast is going to continue with my good friend Sterling Holmes who's hosting it, um, and it's every Tuesday, and so on and so forth. And so um, definitely check it out. Definitely. Um, make sure to, to, to subscribe to it and uh, you're supporting the best people over there. They're, they're awesome. I can't say enough good things about the company and the people involved. Uh, but yeah, for me, you're going to have to kind of wait and see on Wednesday. We'll talk about, I will be going to a different company with a different podcast. And so you can, you can follow me there as I, as I have a new place to annoy you from. So that's good. That's good. I, uh, I'm glad to do it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam, and then you'll, uh, you'll see the news develop there also. Uh, on Twitter. Matt, uh, we'll catch up uh, maybe tonight. Uh, we'll see you. I'll, I'll give you a text. And, yeah, shoot me a text. Man. I'm going to work the streets. Uh, get, uh, get, get a shrimp cocktail and, uh, and yes. you know, watch people in the NFL eat uh, while they drink $500 bottles of wine. It's, yeah, and it won't be us. It will, not sure. be us no. it will not be us. All right, Matt. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> hey, Thank you. Care, you got it. Hey, Red Recover right now, 30% off all the wraps still going on. Go to redrecover.com, elbows, shoulders, neck, you name it, bottom of your feet. My wife uses that one. For those of you that stand a lot, uh, the hat, getting ready to get that thing uh, approved by the FDA. Those of you that have reached out to redrecover.com and, you know, you hit the contact us and say you want the hat, they'll tell you about it. If you want to, you know, hopefully help your hair grow uh, like I have. So many things. They have the wrap for the face for the crow's feet, for the ladies, and here also. So, you know, ladies worry about those wrinkles. Uh, you can use the wraps for that. I mean, the uh, red light therapy has been around, and redrecover.com has really done it in an incredibly affordable way. So you can help if you have that tennis or pickleball elbow, or your knees are hurting, or you got back, shoulder, an old injury, an old surgery, go to redrecover.com. And use the and well, I don't even think you need the code Big O. You get thirty percent off right now as the sale is going on. We step out of the huddle. This has been the huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Right, right, right. We are awaiting Skylar Thompson. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. All right. Um, hold on. We are waiting. We are waiting. Um, 
Okay, I am in contact with them. We are uh, waiting for Skylar Thompson to uh, join us on Le Programme. We'll have some fun with Skylar here and uh, talk all things Miami Dolphins and talk about his offseason uh, going on. So we are uh, waiting here. Let me just see and make sure because I'm kind of in contact with them right now. I'm trying to make sure. Gotta love, they got to love live, right? So hopefully he'll be popping in soon. Uh, let me see. Just check my Bitcoin. 23.7. Climbing up. Let's hope uh, we get to uh, 24 or 25,000 very soon. Uh, remember, folks, you can uh, make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show at Cash App or Venmo. Uh, if you want to uh, make a donation to the program. Uh, Jayhawk says, Big O, I think Skyler was the only QB last year that actually overthrew uh, Hill. Um, accuracy is important, sir. Just so you'll know. Silly points don't help anybody. Okay? Just so you'll know. That's not really an accomplishment, overthrowing somebody. That means you weren't accurate. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Let's bring him aboard the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Skyler Thompson. Kind enough to join us now on the program. Bring him aboard. There we go. Skyler, how you doing, my man? You doing good? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's my pleasure uh, bringing you on and having some fun. So how, how is your offseason so far? It's been so good. It's been so good. Um definitely a different uh a different a different life than i'm used to of having some free time for the first time in a long time um but it's been really good it's been really enjoyable to get away for a little bit um you know kind of go travel a little bit see my friends see some cool areas um you know take some time off i really i really needed that so um it's it's been enjoyable. I've been having a good time. And by the way, Skyler is going to have an event. Uh, it's uh, Skyler Thompson. You can a night with Skyler Thompson, benefiting the Thompson Family Fund for Cancer Research at the Johnson Cancer Center. And this is going to be in Manhattan, Kansas. So for our listeners there in the Midwest, it'll be at Goolsby at twelve twelve Bluemont Avenue, Suite one thirty in Manhattan, Kansas. It'll be this Saturday. March 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. So get on out there and you can find out more. A Night with Skylar Thompson. And uh, you can uh, check it out. And uh, Skylar, so let me ask you something. You know how imperfect the world was last year. Okay, because to me, you know, there's like this, there's these people questioning the dolphin season and how good are they and all this kind of crap. And to me, it was just a whole bunch about bad luck for you guys. Mm -hmm. I think if you all were healthy, uh, look how injury riddled you were. And you could have won that game against the Bills in the playoffs. So I, I don't know how you view it. But to me, it was one of those imperfect seasons that anything and everything that could go wrong went wrong. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Do you view it that way? Because I think you guys are a hell of a team when healthy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we definitely got the, what do they call the Murphy's law? Yeah. 
you know, um, it did feel like we just had an unfortunate injury or, you know, it was just one thing after the another um, that just made it challenging for us, um, you know, but I think all things considering that, you know, obviously like we didn't, the expectations that we had on the season um, and probably that everybody did, it didn't, you know, quite plan out that way, but I still think there's a lot of a lot of things to, to hang our hat on and to build on uh, moving forward. And, you know, that that's, that's part of football, though. You know, injuries are part of the game. And, you know, people have to step up uh, when their numbers are called. And, you know, I felt like people people did that. And we put ourselves in a position to, to make the playoffs um, and have a chance to to beat the Bills. You know, um, like you said, I think that was the, um, a really frustrating and tough loss because we felt like we should have won that game, um, but we didn't. Um, but it's all about what you what you learn from those experiences and how you use those experiences moving forward to benefit you and benefit us as a team moving forward in an organization. And I think it was beneficial for us to experience that hurt, experience that frustration, um, as long as we use it in the right way, which I, I truly 100% believe we got the right coaches we got we got everything we got everything you can ask for it's just about coming together and and to keep working keep trusting the process and um using that that ending to the season last year as motivation going into this next year and i agree with you a thousand percent on that and, and and listen the imperfect world was the was the positive for you because mm -hmm. in a way you know in a perfect world the seventh round pick third string quarterback does not even see the field okay mm -hmm. after preseason which you had a phenomenal preseason in a perfect world you don't see it the imperfect world put skylar thompson on the field a whole bunch and that was a blessing for you now because mm -hmm. you know you talk about this new off season for you and having time man you are blessed because now you're going into next season with experience under your belt. And to mm -hmm. me, dude, that's that's a huge blessing, Skyler. Yes, yeah, you know, and I, I touched on it after the Bills game. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've always had a great perspective on things. Um, and even in the midst of some tough times, tough feelings, whatever the, the, the case may be, I've, I've always been able to see through that and see the, the blessings, see the positive things. And, you know, I was completely aware, you know, being a seventh round pick, you know, a lot of people didn't say, I mean, coming out of the draft was saying I was going to be very lucky just to make the practice squad, you know, and yeah. here, here I was, I started three games. I played in six or seven games um, and, and started a, a playoff game versus a team that was preseason projected to win the Super Bowl, you know, um, and, you know, I that's always like, I've always believed that I can do those things. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, I was in a position where it was going to take, you know, something happening for me to get those opportunities. And obviously that's never what you want um, as a teammate is to see the, a person get hurt um, for you to get those opportunities. But it, like I said earlier, it's, it's just part of the game. And in my position and my role, uh, it was my job to, to be ready whenever my number was called, you know, and I truly believe that every experience that I got to experience last year was so beneficial to me. And I mean, you really, 
you really name the situation. I experienced it last year as a rookie. And, um, you know, there's so many blessings to take from that. You know, I didn't take anything for granted. Um, I understand, you know, there, there's guys in this league that, that especially at the quarterback position, play 10 to however many years and don't get that opportunity to, to start a playoff game, you know. And for me to get that opportunity as a rookie, uh, I, was, I was very fortunate and very blessed. Um, and it definitely has me excited going into year two knowing what to expect, knowing what everything's going to look like, having my second year in the system, um, you know, to where it's not all brand new to me. I think that's really going to going to help me moving forward. Is that what they talk about when the process slows down for you? Is that what they say that as you get more experience, and I'm sure that's anything in life. I don't care if you're an electrician. I don't care if you're a football player. I don't care if you're a policeman. As you experience things and you get to do them over again, your mind all of a sudden takes over instead of that 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 uh, that paranoia, that excitement that you're you're trying to attack something. It kind of slows down for you. How how, how do you get to that point? Yeah, just like you said, ex- ex- experience is everything. And the more that you experience something, just uh, the natural natural confidence and thought process like all of that just kicks in even more to where the game slows down and you can't, you can't simulate game reps, you know, and especially, I mean, a wild card game on the road in Buffalo, one of the toughest places to play the way I look at it. Like, I mean, it's not going to get much harder than that, you know, and that gives me a lot of confidence moving forward of, of just knowing knowing what that feeling's like, knowing, knowing what everything is, what it takes to, to be prepared, what it takes to, to be a starter in the NFL, you know? And that was a process for me all last year that I was just trying to, I was trying to learn, you know? And I would take notes on what Tua did. I would take notes on what Teddy did. And, you know, that helped me, but I also needed to find like what, what clicks for me, what makes me feel prepared, what makes me feel ready. And I really, truly felt like by the end of the season, like I was able to find a process and a routine that I felt like really suited me to where when game day came, I was ready and I was confident. And, you know, at this position at the quarterback position, that's the that's the most important thing is is being prepared and being confident. And a lot of that is built up through your preparation throughout the week. And I think that me, me getting those experiences and getting to feel what that felt like is really, really going to help me really, really help me moving forward. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Quarterback Skylar Thompson of the Miami Dolphins joining us and uh, Skylar, you, you talked about it. Oh, you'll be lucky to make a practice squad. That's kind of what they told you. Well, you shined in the preseason. The team said, no, we got to give you a roster spot and you're on the roster and there you go. And you end up in a bunch of games. You start a playoff game. So obviously, it's like a drug. You're going to want more. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to want to be the number three again. You're going to want to be at least the number two. Well, mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel talked yesterday here at the Combine, because I'm in Indianapolis here covering the Combine, and he talked about how he's going to bring in some competition you know, for you. How much are you looking forward to that competition? Because 
Now you're not just competing for a roster spot, a practice squad spot. Now you're going to get a little hungrier. You're going to want a little bit more of that slice of the pie. You're going to be competing against somebody else to move up on that roster. How, how much do you look forward to doing that? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's nature to the game. Um, I've always believed the, the more competition there is, the better it makes the team. And, you know, that that excites me because um, I, lo I love to compete. I love competition. And, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way because I know that's going to bring the best out of me. Um, but I'm going to approach this year just like I did last year as far as just control the things that I can control, you know, and and not not look to my left, not look to my right, not look what's behind me. Just just focus on what's in front of me and focus on where my feet are at and just being the best me that I can be every day, being the best teammate, the best leader, um, the best quarterback that I can be every single day and just putting my best foot forward, you know, and I truly believe like I do that, you know, no matter what happens, like good things are going to fall into place. And uh, that, that, that excites me. And uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, whenever the time comes to get back at it and, and get to get to compete, you know, and that, that's, that's going to be fun. Let's find out a couple things that Skylar Thompson learned this season. First of all, I thought Teddy Bridgewater would be an incredible hard drive for Tua and yourself because you're you're talking about got a guy that's walking in with a boatload of starting you know experience. So what was the biggest lesson when you plugged in you know your USB port into that hard drive from Teddy Bridgewater? Give me the top lesson you learned from Teddy Bridgewater this year. Yeah, I mean. Teddy, Teddy was a great asset um, to have around. And on top of that, I thought he was even a better person um, to me and mentor. Um, and he did a lot of things to help me and he didn't really have to do that, you know? Um, but, you know, just, just spreading wisdom to, to me of what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, you know, how to be prepared uh, throughout the week, things to, to do to help your body feel good to help your mind feel good going into a game. Um, I, I, I try to watch him as much as I possibly could, because I knew, like you said, like he's a, it was, it was year nine for him. He's been in the league. He's had success. He's been around some of the greats, you know, Drew Brees for a while in, in new Orleans. Um, so he's been there and he's done it and he's seen it. And so I knew that was really important for me to, to really, really dissect what he did. Um, and, and use use what I learned from him that I thought applied to me uh, to help me be the best quarterback that I possibly can be. So he was definitely a great asset for our whole quarterback room. I know Tua Tua would would uh, would say some of the same things. Like he he does, he he helped our whole room from his perspective and his understanding of the game and what he's experienced throughout his career. What'd you learn most from that playoff game against the Bills about yourself? Yeah, you know I. I learned, I learned a ton, you know, I was, I was very proud of the way that I fought and the way that, um, I competed. Um, there was obviously like some plays that I wish I could have back. Um, but that's going to be every game. Um, but I think for me, it's just understanding like situational football and knowing when, when is the right time to take a chance and when is the right time 
to to make the safe throw and just punt, you know. Um, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me is just uh, I felt like there was a couple times where I was trying to make a play um, and, and maybe trying to do too much, and it put our team in, in some tough situations. And, um, you know, but all of that is is – is great learning, you know, um, and, and, and saying that, like, we, we had a chance to win, you know, and I, there's nobody in this that I, I wanted to win that game so bad. And I did everything that I possibly could to do that. And walking off the field, I, I always like try to have that, that feeling of walking off the field, knowing like win or lose, I gave it everything I got. I was prepared. I competed and I, I did everything I could possibly do in my power to help the team win. And I had that feeling walking off the field and, you know, that that's, that's a freeing feeling, you know, and just not having regrets. And, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way that you want them to, but that doesn't define, doesn't define me as a winner or as a loser, you know, the scoreboard oh, no. doesn't always reflect, reflect that. So, I took some time after the season to really reflect on that and really think about that. Um, and like I said, on, on multiple questions you asked, it's given me, given me a lot of perspective and, and excitement for the future, for sure. You talked a little bit about, you know, you take, you took some chances and then there's some plays you, you want to get back, but that's the real bitch of a quarterback is you can't be conservative either especially yeah. in this league, because then you'll be at the end of the game going, you'll be regretting chances that you didn't take. And yeah. so if you don't have an aggressive mindset, you're toast in this league. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those balances that it, it's really difficult at your position more than any other position on the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, just like you said, win or lose, the quarterback position, you're going to get more credit than you deserve when you win, and you're going to get more blame for a loss than you probably deserve as well. But that's the nature of the position, and that's what I love about the position is I love that um, my teammates and there's so many people relying on me to do my job in order for us to win, and that always excites me. And ever since I was a little kid, that's, that's what I've I've loved so much about playing the position is I, I love that pressure. I love the expectations. Um because there's 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 nobody that has higher expectations for me than myself, and um, you know that that's what makes it that's what makes it so fun. That's what makes it so fun, and and really um, inspires me moving forward. Because at this position, there's always things to learn from. There's always things to build off of, and there's always things to get better at. And that that is what's exciting is. There, there's always more. There's always more you can tap into and always more you can get better at. And that's what I'm really looking forward to tapping into this offseason and really working at. Skylar, this is my 33rd year covering the Dolphins. How old are you? I'm 25. Okay. <laughs> so as – and I'm born and raised in South Florida. So as a South Florida lifelong resident fan of sports and obviously media member – but I'm, I'm the media member that tells you openly, I root for the Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers, Heat, Canes, Inter-Miami. I'm a hometown guy. So I want all my local teams to win. But I live with regrets, my brother. A couple yeah. years ago, the Heat were in the bubble. Bam and Goron got injured. 
they were playing so well, they might have been able to beat the Lakers, you know? So I got to live with that. I got to live with some bad referees against the University of Miami and Ohio State, which I think they should have won the title then. You were really young at that time. But, <laughs> and then I got to live with fourth and one. And I got to tell you, dude, if you guys convert that fourth and one, and I know that there was a, a, a mis, you know, mismanagement on the sideline. They they thought it was uh, they thought it was third down and it was fourth down, and McDaniel got caught up in the play and it came in late and all that, and it became fourth and six, fourth and one, dude. Yeah. If you convert that fourth and one, I feel like you're winning the game. Do do you live with that same regret that I do? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be lying to you if I said no. Um, and I think everybody on our team would say the same thing. Right. Um, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was such a weird situation. And there's no, there's no finger to point to blame any one person. Um, other than I will still to this day, I'll take full responsibility of it because, you know, I'm, I'm the leader of the huddle and commanding that thing. Um, but I will say our, our whole team thought we got a first down. And so even myself, I was already getting ready for the next first and 10 call. Um, you know, and I think that's what was taking place on the sideline as well. And then, okay, then it, it was saying that we were short. So then we were like, okay, they're going to measure it at least. But then, okay, now they're not. And now we're trying to switch personnel. Now we're trying to get a play call in. And it was, it was tough. Um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can always say this or say that, but it definitely felt like after I completed that, that third and 10 um, to waddle on the sideline and we got a positive play to, to get a good chunk that we are moving the ball in the right direction and that we're going to put ourselves in position to at least tie it, you know? So like I said, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, the best thing, you know, we can all do is just learn from that experience and, you know, just help prepare ourselves for the for the future if it ever presents itself again. Now, let me talk about your charity. Before I do that, the three games that you played against the Bills this year, in this era of where the Bills are at with Josh Allen, where the Dolphins have been, the Dolphins have never played the Bills that way. And mm. I feel like you could have been easily 3-0 and because three weeks before, if he doesn't leave with, you know, if, if they were playing, you were playing lights out. And mm. – that I think you would have won three weeks before that if, it, you know, mm -hmm. if stuff doesn't get derailed there either. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things that to me, when I start to look at this, you guys have really cut the gap. And that, you know, if luck is on your side this year and you can stay away from the damn injury bug, mm -hmm. I really like your chances, man, of, of winning this division and being a player in, in, the, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, that's that's one thing that we we set our goals high at the beginning of the season and had high expectations, and we wanted to we wanted to close the gap uh, with that. And, you know, we have a really good division. I mean, we got, we got some really good teams that's very competitive. Um, but, you know, we the, – the, the Bills are a really, a really good team. Um, and – we were just excited. We were excited uh, every time we, we had the opportunity to play those guys because we knew it was, we were going to get their best and that we were going to play our best. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's exciting for us moving forward because I think, like what I was saying earlier, we got a taste of 
what that feels like and, and knowing that that if we we prepare throughout the week and and play disciplined football and play together and play Miami Dolphin football, we can we can beat anybody, you know. And I think that was something very encouraging for us moving forward. Now the challenges for us is to be consistent with that throughout the whole season. You know, obviously we had some ups and downs of win streaks, lose streaks, win streaks, lose streaks, you know, like we, we have to even that playing field out. And I think a lot of that just, just stems to us being consistent on a daily to day on a day to day basis. And, um, you know, not looking ahead, not looking behind and just focusing on one week at a time. By the way, Scott is going to have an event this Saturday, March 4th, the night with Skylar Thompson. You can join them out there. It's benefiting the Thompson family fund for cancer research at the Johnson cancer research center. Uh, the tickets will include access into Goolsby's includes the sports simulator and duck pin bowling, two drink tickets, dinner provided by the Cox brothers, barbecue, silent auction, live music, meet and greet, of course, with Skyler. You can buy your tickets. They'll have an auction that night, obviously, which is all benefiting a great cause. And it'll all happen at Goolsby at 1212 Bluemont Avenue, Suite 130 in Manhattan, Kansas. Tell us why this means so much to you, my man. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've, I've shared my story quite a bit. And, you know, I, I still feel like I'm obviously getting, I'm still new to the Miami, the, the Dolphin community and the fan base. Uh, but yeah, just a brief background. Um, I lost my mother to breast cancer when I was a kid. Lost my grandfather to pancreatic cancer um, six months before her. Um, so I was, my life was really impacted uh, very early as a young kid by cancer. And, you know, two of the most influential people in my life at the time that I was very close with losing them. Um, man, it was it was it was it was tough. And still to this day, 20 years later is is really hard. Um, and I don't think. I don't think it'll ever get easier, you know, uh, but as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten wiser and I've just learned how to how to handle those feelings, how to handle those emotions and and direct them towards the positive impact towards other people. And I truly believe that I was put through those things as a kid to to spread love and have an impact on the community around me. And that, that's why I'm so open about sharing my story. Um, it, it's not for a sense of wanting people to feel sorry for me or, you know, all that type of stuff. Like I truly, I believe, you know, I know so many people in this world have been impacted by cancer in some way. And if I can share my story, and it can give one little kid in the community, no matter where they're at, some hope that you can still accomplish your goals. You can still accomplish your dreams throughout such a traumatic experience of losing a parent. And that, that's, what, that's what keeps me going every day is, is hoping and praying that I can, I can have an impact on, on someone in this world and give them life, give them hope that there are better days ahead. And so I teamed up with, with the Johnson Cancer Research Center out of K-State where I went to college and opened up a fund that benefits their research center. Uh, so basically all the money that we raise is, it, it goes directly to the research center. And um, like we give, last year we gave out a scholarship to two students that, that work in the center and then a professor as well. And then also any type of equipment, anything they need to assist their research, like that's what the money's for. And so I'm very passionate about it. It's, it's a very exciting, very awesome experience. Um, 
an event we got going on. It, it, it's a really cool deal. It's really cool uh, to have going on. And what I also want to touch on is we have a, a silent auction going yes, on. on Saturday. Um, yeah, we have a silent auction. And, it, and you can access the silent auction through my Instagram link. Um, and it doesn't matter, even if you're in Miami or wherever you're at listening to this, um, you can access and bid on the silent auction items from wherever you're at during that time. And we're going to have an Xavier Howard signed jersey. We have a Tyreek Hill signed football helmet. We have Tua uh, signed a football. So we have some Dolphins players that have contributed, which means means the world to me. Um, and, and so, yeah, so just tune in. Even if you can't make it, you know, you can donate as well from that link on my Instagram, um, you know, and it, I'm not asking for much, you know, just whatever you're willing to contribute, whether it's 50 cents or $500, whatever the case may be, it, it's all going to a great cause. Um, and, it, and it means a lot to me. Uh, listen, um, everybody's been affected by cancer one way or another. We know a friend, we have a family member. So, and it's good that you talk about it because that, that inspires others to deal, you know, with that adversity the same way. So you're you're an inspiration too in the process because I think I think we need to see other people kind of go through the same thing and see how they handle it because some people may not be handling it the right way mm -hmm. and they may not be able to find the courage or the strength to move on in the in you know in the proper fashion. And if you're showing it or somebody else is doing it then they build strength from that. So, you know, kudos yeah. to you, man. Yeah, thank That's you. all about, you know. Okay. So it's uh, And by the way, thank you for taking some time with us and talking a little Dolphins football, man. We really appreciate it. And how about this? This is probably your first interview where you didn't get two questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, yeah, it has. It has yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured we'd do a Skyler Thompson interview. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. kind of what we did today. Skyler, thanks for taking some time, man. Wish you the best in the charity. We'll continue to plug it here on the show over the next couple of days so we can get people to participate and go to Skyler Thompson's Instagram page so you can find out more and take part of it. Even if you're not in the Manhattan, Kansas area, you can still donate all throughout the country and, and help out a former Finn fighting for a, a current Finn fighting for it a challenge out there that we're all trying to beat, bro. Mm -hmm. we, we need to eliminate that C word from our lives, dude. Yeah. God, it would be really, really nice. Skyler, thank you for taking some time and appreciate yep. it. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. There you go. Skyler Thompson, man. Great interview. Appreciate the young man. Excellent. Gave us uh, a lot of time. I told him it would be about 10 minutes. It's, it's hard, man. You start getting into it. There's some really good stuff to talk about and, get his thoughts on it. And, you know, he feels the same way as I do about this damn Buffalo game. It, it, that, that Buffalo playoff game will bother me forever, bro. It'll bother me like some of the other things that have happened in, in South Florida sports history. You know what I mean? It's just one of those deals. I've lived, I've pretty much lived almost every heartbreak that's ever happened in South Florida. Because usually that stuff, I mean, we would have to go back to it. I was a kid for the first Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. But really, those early 70s teams didn't have a lot of those ugly breaks like what, what I've talked about you know, in the last few years with, uh, with South Florida sports. So there you go. Oh, Dougie Fresh, I'm sorry. I could not get the question in because we've, we've had him on for a while. So I had to, uh, I had to wrap it up already. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview.
with Skyler. Eric liked it. What else? Vic wants him to change his number. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, that's it. it. Doesn't look like anything uh, out of here. Can we get a Tua interview? I will work on a Tua interview, but you know that's uh, that one's not easy. Although, out of all media members on the planet. I should be the first in line for a Tua interview, right? I mean, seriously, there's not another media member that's backed the kid up the way I have, none. So yeah, if you know, if uh, his agents are listening, his agency is listening. Yeah, this is the dolphin platform that he should go on. I'll be his his left tackle. His left left tackle, okay? I'll stand next to Teron Armstead. I'll have Teron do all the heavy lifting. That's what I'll do. Uh, Dougie first says, one of my favorite interviews you've done, particularly Skyler talking about his loss, his mother, and how he repurposed tragedy. Exactly. Yeah. And he says, that's what I thought. If there's anyone who should give an interview to, it's you. Yeah, damn right. Uh, how was Tua's birthday party? Did you meet Rick Ross? <laughs> That's what you wanted me to ask. <laughs> EJ liked it. He says, awesome, engaging interview. Oh, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. He was fun. It was good. It was good. We, we got uh, some good stuff out of him. Uh, and again, go to his uh, Instagram page, A Night with Skylar Thompson. It benefits the Thompson Family Fund for Cancer Research at the Johnson Cancer Research Center. Uh, it'll be Saturday, March 4th. And when you hit the link, you'll, you'll be able to, you know, there, buy tickets or the auction. Now, the auction, I'll tell you, starts in three days because it's not till Saturday when the auction happens. So then you can take part in the auction, but you can also make a donation to the Cancer Research Fund also. You can do that anywhere, wherever you're at in the world, watching or listening this show. So if you want to back up Skylar Thompson that way, hey, look, he's been backing up your favorite team, right? This is your time to be a backup and back him up. Okay? How about that? That's how we do it here on the show. That's how we roll. By the way, EJD Construction, proud sponsor of our program and – this trip here to the Combine, we thank the people at EJD Construction and Sports Grill. They make it happen. And obviously, EJD Construction 305-433-4843. Go to EJDConstruction.com. Fully insured, liability, and workers' comp. We tell you about it all the time. And whatever it is you're looking to do, major home construction or custom home construction, you call the great people at EJD Construction. The owner's number is 305-433-4843. Call Eric and tell him that Big O sent you. I promise you they will take care of you. Uh, what else do we have that I have not talked about? Uh, Let me see. Skyler is definitely an inspiration not only for a lot of these seventh-round players, but people as well who have faced the same adversity he has faced when he was young. Amen. 
Alexis uh, says, sticks in your mind what last year could have been. I know. I know. Bro, you win that game against the Bills, and it's a fantastic season. Like, you overcame all that shit, and you beat the Bills? Wow. And I swear to you, they get that fourth and one. I just had a feeling they were going to drive for a touchdown. I just feel like they had the momentum at that moment there. Yeah, I know. I'm a homer and blind-ass fan alert and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Doug says, I will send my question to you then in writing. We are told to kill all of our little darlings. This means to stop doing what you are comfortable with. What you what did you have to lose to gain, evolve? Exactly. Uh, so there you go. But we will we will work on one day trying to get Tua on. Okay. We will definitely work on that. We gotta do that. By the way, KISS has announced their final tour. For you KISS fans out there. Because I know that Sean is dying to paint his face and go. But, you know, Kiss has been retiring for like 20 years. And Paul Stanley apparently is kind of mad that they keep adding dates because he kind of wants to end it already. Uh, I, I think you'll see Gene Simmons touring by himself with his own band. Uh, I think that uh, you'll see something like that, that they'll probably he'll probably do something. And he could sing more of the songs that, you know, like his stuff, Christine 16. I hope he does a world without heroes. I love that song. But anyway, uh, Kiss has officially announced the final show of their end of the road farewell tour, which will take place December 2nd at Madison Square Garden in New York City, the second of back-to-back -back nights. They've also unveiled a new batch of North American stops leading up to the finale. Uh, there had been proposed end dates for the Rock Legends to end their tour, which began in 2018. Manager Don McGahey floating a couple of loose timelines before declaring earlier this year that KISS will indeed put their final tour performance in 2023. And uh, this is not the first time the group has made an attempt to retire, and there will surely be speculation about legitimacy of this announcement. Considering the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers book set at 2023 UK dates mentioned, it will be their last show in the region. It really does appear Kiss are winding down their 50-year touring career. And lone mainstay Paul Stanley, having turned 71 earlier this year, Gene Simmons set to turn 74 this summer. The band specifically noted that in the end of the Fair World Tour, leaving the door open for other opportunities, such as one-off shows, residencies, or festival appearances, only time will tell. So there you go. Residency is, that's where I'm shocked that they weren't doing that already. Like if you're big enough, right? You're U2, you're Bruce Springsteen, you're the Foo Fighters, you know, Def Leppard, Santana, Jay-Z, Beyonce, uh, God, I don't know. You, there's so many artists that like are that big that they could just say, why am I going to tour? You know what I'll do? I'll do three weeks in Las Vegas. I'll do two weeks out in New York City, you know, and do a week in Chicago or a week and a half in Chicago. And that's it. 
and people will flock to that instead of you popping in from one city after another, after another, after another, after another. It, it's convenient, obviously, because not everybody can travel. But once you get, I mean, I'm not talking about young bands, okay? I'm talking about once you're, like, you know, in the back end of your career and you're Elton John, do you really need the tour of your Elton John? Can't you just stop in a couple of cities, go to Wembley and or the O2 Arena, whatever the hell it's called, and you stay there for a couple of weeks? And people around Europe will travel there, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Why would you do this when, you know, you're Snoop? You've been at it forever. Uh, I, you know, maybe it's a smaller residency, but whatever. But you do it instead of going all the way around. 71 and 74, man. That's crazy. Uh, Leo says, saw on Foronis Twitter that the Dolphins spent the day talking to a lot of linebackers at the Combine today. I'm sure they're going to talk to a lot of linebackers. They got to find a linebacker. That fourth and one play against Buffalo is the same way I felt a few years ago when Miami played the Chiefs in 2020 and they needed a fourth down stop. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, my problem is that I like this Dolphins team. I think this Dolphins team, I like this coach. He's got to, you know, tweak some stuff on game day. And I love the front office. I, I really think this is the best we've had since – you know, way back in the Shula days. This is better than anything we've had. And I just think that the, the, the terrible luck last year changed the complexion of the entire season. I really do. And if this year they're able to add a couple of extra pieces, along with that defensive coordinator that they added, just some luck, man. That's all I'm asking for. You know, prove me wrong then. Have luck and then don't do anything and, you know, be the same old Dolphins like some of you would label. And then, okay, I'll say, hey, I'm wrong. But if they're healthy, I think it's a completely different outlook. I really do. Bigo, what do you think of Jordan Porter pushing to join the Finns? Would you prefer him over Edmonds? You can't have both. So what I would do is go after Poyer and Wagner. Because then Wagner, I, I only have to give him a one or two year deal. And it's not going to be crazy-ass money, right? And it'll be a two-year deal because that's what Chris Greer does. He does a two-year special. And then I can sign Poyer to a long-term contract. And Poyer's really durable, and he's exceptional in coverage, which in Fangio's scheme, your both safeties have to be exceptional in coverage. And I get it that that's, you know, Brandon got better last year in coverage. I'm a Brandon Jones fan, man. And I know that he wasn't great in coverage when he got here. That was a knock on him coming out of school. But he got better last year. Now, is he at Fangio's desire? No. He's not at his desired level. Let me put it right. And I have to be honest. He's not at his desired level. Then that's going to be a problem. You know? See here, All right. just in case. Let me check. All right, nothing big going on. 
Uh, rum 34 run, uh, run 34 run. Thank you, little Ricky. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you, sir. Very nice of you. All right. Let's see what else. I saw where Pete Carroll took the high road when he was asked about the Russell Wilson stuff. I'm trying to get him fired. Did you see that? And and I thought Pete Carroll played the hand so psychologically beautiful. You know, because for those of you that don't know the story, Russell Wilson tried to get him fired. So in trying to get him fired, the ownership group said, yeah, no, we're not firing Carroll and Schneider. Yeah, no, we're going to trade you instead. And he was trying to recruit Sean Payton there. So when he was asked about Russell Wilson trying to get Carroll and Schneider fired, he says, my response to that is similar response that's always been with the guys that I have coached. He said at the combine yesterday, I'm always going to hang with them. I'm never going to leave them. I'm going to be there at the end with all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. I'm going to still be there. That's it. I'm hanging. It doesn't matter who the guy is. And then he adds, I like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and hang through whatever the growth challenges may bring along the way. So I'm good. Now, this makes Carol look like a psychological genius because Russell Wilson as good a dude as he is as a person, right? But he's not necessarily liked because of his, I don't know how you call it, uh, um, conservative ways, okay? Because he doesn't, you know, when he tries to be funny, he's not funny. When he tries to be cool, he can't really be cool because he's, you know, he's kind of uh, geeky, you know, in his own way. And so he's not liked by, by some, right? So this is a guy that Picaro could easily get a lot of people on his bandwagon by bashing Russell. But by doing that, you're also going to end up turning off some players. They're going to say, hey, man, that guy won a Super Bowl for you, man. That guy played his ass off for you. Sick. Won a lot of games, a lot of big games for this team. I get it, but, you know, you shouldn't treat him that way. Instead, Carroll takes an incredibly high road with all of it because in the end, what does he get by battling? Nothing. It's over. The guy's in Denver. What does he get by beefing with him? Nothing. He's going to lose because you might piss off an agent. You might maybe make an agent not feel really good about you. You're going to get players that you might turn them off and say, oh, well, no, this guy can't wait to get you out. And then he'll backstab you after he did a lot for you, because you can't deny that about Russell Wilson. There were a lot of times that Russell played with bad offensive lines, no running game, injured, and he sucked it up and never complained. But he took the high road. So he makes Russell look like the complete jerk the entire time. And maybe he didn't treat Russell fairly behind the scenes over there. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he treated him perfectly fine. It's just Russell that maybe Russell's frustrated with Russell, that maybe Russell is losing his mojo. Maybe Russell's not the same player anymore. I don't know. We'll find out. Sean Payton will find out. 
But I thought Pete Carroll was genius in the way he handled it. Some coaches might have picked up the beef from there and taken shots. He said, no, I'm not doing that. Don't need it. I'm, I'm on my way. He had a terrible year. I had a great year with Geno Smith. I look like a savior now. I made the, the right decision, the quarterback for the fan base. I brought in a guy that people underestimated him. Damn, look what he did. He even got us to the playoffs. So Schneider and, and Carroll can't look bad in all of this. So why get into the pettiness? No need. Smart, man. Smart. Not handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. Now, that's stupid. But the way he handled this one, you got to give credit to people when they deserve it. And, and he deserves it. Uh, Aiden Bloomfield says, uh, Big O, I think the big guys toured to show appreciation or all of that the people that made their careers possible. Also, bands like Fish are able to play in a limited capacity, but not all bands are. Exactly. No, I, I get it. But when you're that big and that old at that point, residencies to me make so much sense. They just do. Like, I'm sure Metallica. I hope they keep touring, and, I'm, I'll, and I travel to see them in Atlanta, I'm traveling to Montreal to go see them. I'm traveling to Mexico City to go see them. But, you know, those guys are getting up there in years, too. And at one point or another, if you're Metallica, hey, two weeks in Madison Square Garden, two weeks in, in Las Vegas, two weeks in Chicago, two weeks in London, you know, you can do that if you're Metallica. And people will travel all over the world. I just think it's once you're getting to that point, not if you're a younger man, but once you're getting to that point, you know, U2 is going to do a uh, a residency at the Sphere in Vegas. I can't wait for that. I really want to go for several concerts. I'm going to try to go and stay there for a week or two and go to a, several concerts. I'm going to try. I don't know if I can, you know, save enough money up or whatever. But if I can pull it off, I'm going to pull it off for sure. Pete laughing all the way to the bank. Imagine Poyer, Holland, and Brandon Jones on the defense. Well, Brandon Jones would be a backup. He would not be a starter. But, yeah, it would be good. You could use him for blitzing downs and running downs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need to talk about Russell Wilson if you're Pete Carroll. Exactly. B. McD says Metallica is effing amazing. They are, aren't they? They are absolutely awesome. And in concert, they have not lost one iota, bro. Nothing. They sound phenomenal. The energy is always there. Um, it's awesome. Awesome. Uh, by the way, again, tomorrow, 5.30, okay, uh, we're going to meet at Kilroy's. If you live in the Indy, Indianapolis area, um, if you work or live anywhere here in the city, tomorrow, Kilroy's, 5.30. We will meet, okay? I'll uh, find a table somewhere, and then you guys can find me there 
at the place. But 5.30 tomorrow, Kilroy's. As uh, Styx would say, Kilroy was here. All right, we uh, thank Matt Verderam and Skylar Thompson. We had a, a light, light uh, list today of interviews, but heavy hitters with Matt Verderam and Skylar Thompson. If you missed that interview, you can rewind there on YouTube and go listen to the interview. It was fantastic. He was uh, terrific. And uh, we will continue. We will uh, continue bringing on some. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, Tua's uh, trainer will be on with us, Nick Hicks. He'll be on with us. I'm trying to set up a time with him for tomorrow. So we're working on all of that. Okay. EJ Barrow says, I'm going to join you. You're here in, you're here in Indy, EJ? I didn't know that. Is that what you're saying that you're joining me? Or are you talking because you're usually joking around? So I don't know. You and, and Dougie Fresh, I don't, you know, you guys are constantly joking here. So I'm not exactly sure. Okay, because Barrow is constantly sending me stuff on DMs on Twitter and stuff, funny shit all the time. So he's always, I, I don't know what he's, you know, I don't know if he's joking, but I hope you're here in Indy. That would be good. Love to meet you, man. Uh, love to meet any of you out there that live in this area. Looking forward to it. Do you think they should sign Melvin Ingram? Late. First, to try to get something younger, more athletic, and can fill multiple needs. Remember, this is a coverage team now. Melvin Ingram does not cover. Okay? he does. That's not his forte. Landon Roberts, not a cover guy. You don't want any of those guys in space. You saw it when it happened this year. It was bad. It was ugly. Vic Fangio, okay? I know that, you know, some guys that go on local radio stations in South Florida, you know, former general managers that go on um, specifically Joe Rose's show, that they have no idea what Vic Fangio's defense is, and they'll tell you it's an attacking defense. It's not an attacking defense. It's a bend-but-don't-break defense. It's a, it's a coverage defense. So people have to be very good at coverages. And that's talking about your linebackers and your safeties. And if Brandon Jones is not good enough, he's not going to play for this guy a lot. I don't think Ingram and Landon Roberts fill what they need. I just don't. I, I, it's In order for that defense to work, there has to be more athleticism there. And I think that's what you're going to be looking for. That's why Channing Tindall is very important going into this season. Because he has the speed. He has the athleticism to do the things that that uh, Vic Fangio needs. At least that's good that this is a draft pick that can fit that scheme. Now, he still has to make the team. He has to prove that he's NFL worthy. But he has the skill set to, to finish it. So, yes. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. How serious do you think Porter's injury was? No, it was nothing. That, that you're fine. He'll be fine with all of that, dude. Now the collapsed lung you can recover from. You'll be fine. The elbow you'll be fine. Not a big deal, dude. He'll be all right. Don't don't make it. No, he'll be fine. Uh oh, prove me wrong. The Clutches Elephant Riders was one of the best under the radar albums of the night. Oh, Clutches. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. 
definitely. Clutch is so good, bro. So good. One of the best front men out there. If you have a if you have an opportunity to see Clutch live, go check it out, man. They are awesome. Okay. Um, EJ Barr says no for the U2 tour. All right, we uh, thank Sean Stanley, the man that masters this uh, program and this uh, platform every single day. We thank Matt Verderam and Skyler Thompson. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, Alan Poupart will join us. Um, who else is on tomorrow? Uh, Nick Hicks, to us trainer, will be on with us tomorrow. So we'll have a lot of fun, man. Uh, we will uh, talk to you down the line. We will see you tomorrow morning. Remember, tomorrow is not an afternoon show. We're back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. because I'm here, not at Hylia Park. Okay? That's why we did Monday in the afternoon because they accommodated us and we did the, 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 the show we did over there. Okay? So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Love you all. You all be safe out there. Be good.